this 100th classic. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to OVP 100, our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast here on Monday, September 24th, 2018. It's our 100th episode. I am Joe Murata. That is, for the last 100 episodes, Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Howdy doody. 100 years. It's here. The, the century. Our centennial. Uh, the century of OVP. It has arrived. I feel like we need the, like... Do 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 like whatever that is. We are gonna romp you through, as always, the world of retro wrestling. Yeah, like if you're new to the show, that's what we do here. But this just happens to be our hundredth episode, so not only are we gonna romp you through some retro wrestling, but we're also going to reflect upon our last two years, our last hundred episodes. We're gonna hear from you guys that send in some clips, and we're gonna hear some classic OVP clips. We got a lot of we got a lot lined up for this episode. We actually really do. It's it's an action pack or talking pack, yeah. whatever they say in the podcast universe. I don't know what they say, but I will say this. If you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. And Quinn, a great place to hang out and talk about retro wrestling without judgments, as you would say. No judgments. W- without, <laughs> without argument, really, for the most no part. No arguments. Is our Facebook group, Michael. Yes, over at uh, Facebook.Friends.Podcast. One hundred, because it's you know the special address. Yes, special we, hyperlink. We registered that. Speaking hyperlink. of hyperlinks, did you hear that uh, the uh, the Google Chrome is getting rid of the HTTPS at the beginning or something? They're just saying fuck it. Like on the, you have to click it to see it now. So, <laughs> That's funny. Well, anyway, um, over at Facebook.Friends that hundred. Um, it's a great website where you can interact with us. It's a great community. Uh, we come yes. we come together right now. Over me. Over me. It's <laughs> OVP. A re- yeah, OVP. Come together yeah. right now. OVP. Yeah, and, and you know, it's we talk about the, the goofiness of, of old wrestling. We talk about some modern wrestling and serious discussions. Sometimes we have serious discussion, mm-hmm. things people are going through in life. I mean, people yeah. are I know the, the hurricanes happening yeah. and, and you know, people are banding together, make sure everyone's okay and it's just a great little community. I really think so. And uh, if you are on the fence about joining it, just give it a shot. Just yeah. try it. Yeah. No one's going to yell at you and say hi to Chuck Mess. Yes. It, your first post should be like, uh, hi, Chuck Mess. And it just should say first post at the end of it. Like, <laughs> or, or first post, hi, Chuck Mess. Perfect. Yeah. So check that out over on Facebook. And uh, later on and throughout the show, we'll have some more information. We do have a Patreon if you want to donate. We'll talk to you about that later. Some friends of the show that we're going to shout out. And one thing, if you're newer to the show, let's say this happens to be the first episode you're listening to. Yep. What we've done since episode 91, that we do seasons. Every 10 episodes is a season. So this is our 10th season. And since episode 91, we have been doing 90s in a nutshell, where we have gone through year by year some of the big events and some small stupid things that have happened in each of the years of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episodes, we've reviewed something from that particular year. Right. Now, we are going to do a very brief 90s, like the 1990s in wrestling overall Right. This is kind of the recap episode if you missed all of it. Yes. But it's also just a more reflective, if you've been listening to all of them, it's a, 
let's put it all together, wrap it up in a nice nutshell, I guess. I guess so. A nice uh, snack. And then you can uh, go put it in your nut pack and, and <laughs> never have to deal with it again. Your nut sack. Your nut sack. <laughs> nut pack. And if you haven't yet, if you're, if you're new to the show again, uh, if you want to check out episode 91 and up to 99, that's where you'll get the full, you know, each year by year, the 90s in a nutshell. This but, is the first segment usually. So if yep. you're looking particularly for it, uh, it's, check it out. it's the first couple, you know, first like half an hour ish. Yep. So. so one last time, let's hear that sweet 90s in a nutshell music. Welcome, everybody. The revolutionary force in sports entertainment. As the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Oh my gosh! Good guys versus bad guys. The WCW. New World Order. It sucks. The 1990s, in a nutshell. Quinn, as we've been talking about these last 10 episodes, this was a really uh, uh, an impactful year in the world of wrestling. A decade, you mean? Trans- a decade, yes. Transformative. Transformative. I mean, we, we started the year with the end of the golden era, a lot yeah. of people would say. You know, the, the end of the Hogan era. Started the uh, started that decade. It was a different place, a different time. It's almost unrecognizable. By the end of the 90s. It really is, isn't it? Production values up, ratings up, wrestling is a uh, force to be reckoned with. And it's I would say it still had at least one to two years left by the year 2000. Yeah, 2000, of, 2001. Of its uh, prominent era. I absolutely agree. What happened basically in a, in a nutshell with you know the public's perception of professional wrestling in North America is by 1991-92, it had really dipped from where it was in 90, from like 85 to 90. Yeah. And yet this hideous combination of sideshow, acrobatics, and good guy versus evil has been boffo box office. And the Hogan era, as they call it, was, was over. The steroid scandal, sex scandal, a lot of stuff was going on that was, really hurt it. It was a lot of stuff that I felt, you know, with the 80s, it was like byproducts of some quick success for about five years. Yep. Like, you know, too much drugs, everyone living high, on yep, the, high, literally. On the, high on the fat, I guess. <laughs> high on the fat. High on the hog. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of things to be dealt with in the first half of the decade. A lot of men saying that there's a good deal of gay sex abuse underway in the world of wrestling. But once they were dealt with, now we became a our thing as a whole, this wrestling that yeah, we like. It wrestling. became this... Once they figured everything out, it became this mainstream kind of forever, really. I mean, may, wrestling, whether you like it or not, people know what the hell it is for the most yeah. part to this day. Even like, if they just know it as the fake fighting. Right. They still know what it is. But they know that it's... It, I feel like it, it, it crossed some line over even the, the preceding decade where it's now like... You know, it, it's just it, part it, of pop culture. It's part of pop culture. It's like how comic books are like right. part of pop culture now. Yeah. And like things that are like these little nerdy niches uh, started to become their own thing. Like video games. Right. Video games or whatever that they're not considered weird or taboo. It's just like, hey, this is a thing that some people are into. And yeah. it, it, it's interesting. Right. Or like, I might not like it, but I know that this exists. There's a subculture for it. Right. And I think that's the 90s kind of worked into that like 
what that was going to be. I would agree. From the period of time between like 92 to 97, it was at an all-time low. But then through the efforts of a guy like Eric Bischoff in WCW with yeah. the NWO and bringing in celebrities and getting Hulk Hogan. Vince McMahon firing back uh, yeah. Vince Russo writing a more mainstream product. Yes. Uh, you know, all these factors came into play. And I think it, it was kind of the basis for what mainstream professional wrestling would be in comparison to like a comic books or, right. you know, uh, video games or something like that in, in pop culture. Where it could coexist peacefully with the rest of the entertainment medium in the world. Right. right? Where it yeah. could just be another option if it's something that you want to get into. Right. It's something to now get into. Yeah. And I would say even all that success, what it brought was not only, you know, financial success, but now we have conventions and, and now we have a weekend devoted to wrestling every year. It's WrestleMania <laughs> weekend. I mean, not that WrestleMania wasn't big, but I mean. They, but it was self-contained. It's turned into this cottage industry every April that it's like, here's this festival of wrestling. And I mean, it's really like, it's amazing to think what rest, how low WrestleMania had gotten in the 90, mid-90s. Oh, by like 11 and 13 yeah. and, and stuff like that. And to think now in 2018, I mean, WrestleMania weekend, it it's not even a week anymore. It starts about Thursday-ish. WWE kind of gives you every year now. They give you like the tour of like, here's where everything is. Yep. They give you a video. Yep. People file in from around the world. Yep. And Just standing at one of the other very cool booths here at FanFest. This is Hasbro Toys. Is this cool? There's the fan fest but there's the hall of fame and like all this stuff and it grew and it grew and it grew and I, again I, I really have to trace this back to the 90s just mainstreaming yeah. it up and you know it all comes from that in a sense it all comes from that it's also notable to to uh, to mention that ecw had a degree of influence on the direction that the business went in the late 90s specifically right. yeah and it, it opened the door for wrestling to uh break down some barriers and not just be a fake sport presented like a sport anymore right i want to say and and that's kind of a hallmark of modern wrestling where it's like yes you have your athletic aspect of it and actually it's even more important than it ever was but there's still that um you know what are the characters up to like yeah. there's still that and i keep saying this comic book thing but i i really think that um that kind of writing that paul Heyman kind of started it's spearheaded, like they, yeah. spearheaded and that the characters they had characters before and they were like comic book characters too but now they had like weird personality quirks and things like that depth. and depth and stuff and that's the kind of thing you can only get in professional wrestling as far as a fake sport but yeah with the cross-pollination yeah. of like athletic facade yeah and drama it's just yeah. a unique thing isn't right. it it is it, it's very cool and i i definitely think it's just something that the 90s kind of spearheaded and mm -hmm. you know to this day we've had other characters since then and uh, you know like your john cena's sure. or your cm punks sure and that you know those kind of characters are kind of rooted in how those 90s characters came along. Yeah, some of the enduring stars of the 90s, you know, really shaped the way wrestling is now. Got, like the NWO. Yeah. Like Shawn Michaels and, and Triple H and D-Generation X. Like Mankind and The Rock and Steve Austin. Yeah. Like you said, the NWO, it's like factions would always be from then on really like, you know, they could make or break a company. Look at the uh, Bullet Club. Yeah. The they, Bullet Club. They made a company. Yeah, they helped make a company. I like The Shield. Sure. Like, that was you know, a big deal, too. You know, to me, they're more in like the DX vein, like a smaller group. Yes. That's, uh, Not trying to take over the world. Right. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, the Bullet Club's more like a NWO yeah. vein. But I mean, like all this stuff, again, rooted in the 90s. and Rooted in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, and people still to this day, um, they look back at the 90s like, 
wow, that was really a special time. The only other t- time that rivals it is really that 85 to 89 period. Yep. And that was, uh, you know, it reached its height in that time. The the second wave, I guess, the first wave being in the 50s when it was yeah. really a pop culture thing. Would, would you say that the 90s, now that we've reflected on it, do you think the 90s were better than that 80 per- 80s period? Or what, what, um, what was it? I don't. I mean, the 80s, I think it was very cartoon, WWF anyway. It was right. very much like a, a kids and you know adults a cartoon show the smaller scope audience like when you're only dealing with just kids yeah and it was um i don't think it was ever taken seriously in the mainstream i don't know that it was in the 90s either but it was certainly a a pop culture phenomenon again in the late 90s Mm -hmm. i personally like you know the earlier stuff better you know that yeah of course um but i i think the 90s there's something to say about it. It's a unique flavor of um, sports entertainment, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a great time. I think it was a great decade to be a wrestling fan. And there were some great years there, 96, 7, 8. I mean, yeah. man, what a great time to be a fan that period of time. And there was even hidden gems in the, you know, to me, the emergence was really the um, the fun parts, the stuff where they're they're rebuilding and experimenting. Like, I really like 1994. Yeah, I do, too. I really like 1992. Oh, I love 92. Yeah, like uh, that experimenting with different things period of time. Yeah. Uh, kind of feeling it out. You know, some stuff didn't work. Some stuff did. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they the, the important thing I think about the 90s and, you know, I really wish that the current period, they, they tried everything and they took what was good and stuck with it instead of like trying to beat a dead horse with uh, things that they wanted to do but didn't work. That's true. Like, you know what I mean? That's yes. You're absolutely right about that. I think overall, you know, when it comes to the 90s, there's something for everyone in that decade. Right. If Maybe if you don't like the stuff that happened in the Attitude Era, you still have a lot of the good stuff from the early 90s there. Right. I don't know how many people, except maybe Pablo Melons, like 1993. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like 1993 myself. Right. But I mean, there's, there's something good in any promotion in any year in the 90s. And I, I guess that's true most of the time, but there was just something really captivating, really special. There was a bit of a, a magic. If you I guess will. so, like, right? You know? I mean, I don't know if it's just nostalgia goggles that we wear because of the age that we are and when we grew up. I don't think it's nostalgia goggles, and I'll tell you why, because I really think that, you know, a lot of even younger fans, they look back at the 90s with the WWE Network, and they're like, this isn't, you know, this is this is something else. I, It's not like this anymore. It was, it was really a special time because they were still allowed to experiment, and they weren't so mainstream that they would get in trouble for it. That's true. It was rare that they got in trouble for anything right. back then. You I know? mean, you could throw a guy in a porter potty, knock it over, and get poop all over him <laughs> on TV. Like pull a gun. I guess they got in trouble for that a little yeah. bit. Th- that was the most they ever got in trouble was so. pulling a gun in the nineties. And then yeah. they did it again when Austin did the bang three sixteen and Vince peed his pants <laughs> or whatever. Funny. Yeah. But I mean, you know, people were being thrown off cells. Like, <laughs> right. Like, think, think dangerous shit was going on, but you know, nobody cared because it wasn't. It hadn't hit critical mass like it did in, I'd say, like the mid-2000s when the real publicly traded um, aspects came in and it's like, we can't really do that kind of thing anymore. They changed their their television rating to PG in 2008. And I think, yeah, that was definitely because they... They were a public company now. They couldn't get better sponsors that yeah. way. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, we didn't even mention because we didn't even get to it. But WCW collapsed in one in, in yeah. one that in wrestling all became one thing. So. For the most part, TNA obviously emerged in O2. I guess it's good to do a little epilogue from yeah. the 90s here before we wrap up. TNA emerged in O2. ROH emerged in O2. And yeah. both promotions by hook or by crook are still around, especially TNA. I don't know how, still but around. It, it's still going. And ROH obviously has had like a 
so, somewhat of a renaissance. A little bit recently. of a renaissance. I, you know, at the end of the at the end of the nineties, the early 2000, 2002, Ring of Honor. This company opened up. It was the idea being it was more of a wrestling company because wrestling kind of you know as we talked about in the nineties, got the character driven kind of took over. Yeah. the athleticism and there was there was a need to balance that oh yeah bit. there was a void there was a void and that's what ring of honor filled and then that you know as we've gone through the history of wrestling you, yeah. there's a season where we do that yeah you know that that, <laughs> that sort of balanced it out but, yes you know i think it's all we're at a point now in time where we got our 90s influence with the characters but i think we've rebalanced the uh the spectrum uh, the, the scale i guess yeah. uh, as far as uh with the athleticism and stuff. And WWE obviously wisely got a piece of that pie in that audience with NXT. Right. Very smart of them and to do so. And still with their current product, they hired still, a lot of those guys that yeah. were alums over there at the Ring of Honor. So, And a lot of this does have legs in the 90s, roots in the 90s, and it was just a great time to be a wrestling yep. fan. And I, I would definitely say Brett and Sean pioneered that um more athleticism style. That, yeah. that, that rivalry was based around ring skill. It was. Which was something was unheard of at that point in time. That's true. They brought the savage steamboat um, physicality and quality of match out of the mid-card into the main event. Right. The two of them throughout the 90s. Uh, the type of wrestling that was attributed to the Intercontinental Championship was right. now attributed to the world title. Right. You guys like, you know, Kurt Hennig and Tito Santana, these great Intercontinental Champions from the past, Randy Savage. Right. Now, Brett and Sean, by default, because there was no one else, yeah. they were now the main guys. They didn't change their style. But again, and that influenced, you know, going out of the 90s. Right. But, and then you'd have your your Daniel Bryans, who would, yeah. and that would be embraced, you know, yeah. in a CM Punk and a right. guy like that. It, it was just, it was really great to see how things evolved and changed as the 90s went on there as we've covered there was some real shit <laughs> yeah but there was some great times and great memories yep. and if you want more of that just start at episode 91 listen to the first segment of each episode but quinn i think it's time to uh let's hear from a fan or two here and then maybe get, get into some clips yep, this is this is a special feature on this episode yes. uh, episode 100 we're gonna get into the memories uh, yeah i think it's we, it be, it's like ovp in a nutshell now for yeah for a bit so let's let's, let's get into it let's call we? this ovp in a nutshell yeah and i think uh, a great place to start is one of our longtime fans one of the originals he is uh known as the wrestling man Yes. And his name man. Yep, is Bill Yankovi. Let's hear what Bill has to say. Michael Quinn and Joe Morota. 100 episodes of our vantage point. Quite an accomplishment. I want to congratulate the both of you on reaching this milestone of 100 years of existence, which means the government must be giving you some kind of money. But I do want to say, in all seriousness, um, you guys do bring one of the absolute best shows to listen to each and every week on a subject that people like myself love to reminisce and remember, and that is retro wrestling. Um, you guys have created a fan base that I have not seen in a long time on a Facebook, and I even use some of your sayings from time to time in general. Um, I just want to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes. Uh, you guys are doing a tremendous job on this podcast and delivering humor in a way that only you guys can do it. So, again, congratulations on 100 episodes of Our Vantage Point. And I will see the both of you on April the 6th in Madison Square Garden. 
Thanks, Bill. Well, thank you, Wrestling Man, and uh, thank you, Joe Morota. <laughs> Morota. I feel like I feel like Bill did that on purpose. Well, because I used to call him Bill Yankowie. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bill is a longtime supporter of the show. Thank you, Bill. You can also check out his show, That Wrestling Show. Yes. He's been doing this for years, and just a, a very cool guy. Very, very good contributor to our group. Yep. Nice dude. Very uh, nice can, man. Ask him anything. He, he, he knows his stuff. He does know his stuff. So thank you so much, Bill. And he mentioned our Facebook group. And yeah, that's a great, uh, I guess that's a good billboard for it. It's a fun community there. You know, we we encourage you to join it. Maybe if this is uh, something you've been thinking about, you know, just do it. Just give it a shot. It'll be yeah, fine. You don't have to do anything. You <laughs> yeah. can just, you can lurk too. Yeah, we don't lurk. mind. It's not like we're like, hey, uh, we, we don't look at the list and like call <laughs> yeah, people no, out. we online. really don't. Yeah. So. Uh, Quinn, it was two years ago, just about. It was October 2016 when uh, I finally caved into your uh your on and off demands for what uh since 2008 or 9 to since do a wrestling I, like, podcast started listening to podcasts yeah. yeah i was like hey we could do this and i'm like no yeah <laughs> every time quinn would bring it up for years and years i said no i did not want to do this uh quinn and i have known each other if again if you don't know since uh, 1999 19 years now yeah that that's where the 40 years of whatever yeah. <laughs> in the in the tagline of every episode yeah. i just copy and paste it into the show notes every week 40 years of combined fandom so we had known each other since 99 and by 2009 quinn was pestering me to do a podcast i kept saying no every other year anytime it was brought up finally in 2016 quinn was going to be doing another podcast with a mutual friend non-wrestling related yeah didn't really work out but in anticipation for that i was i was showing you how to use my equipment because right. i already had equipment i amateur musician you know and i already had some stuff so I tested the equipment with Quinn one Friday, Saturday morning at one in the morning or something yeah. like that. After Probably after a few beverages. Yeah, I think I had a couple as well that night. Back in your wild days. Which I don't really drink when <laughs> we really do the don't. podcast. No, I, you don't. Joe, you have the beers. Yeah, usually. Today I don't. The beers. The beers. Yeah. Colonel the beers. Colonel the beers. <laughs> and we decided to uh, to test out, you know, the, the equipment. And we came upon something called the the Dino Bravo Sucks podcast, and maybe we'll play some of that later for you. The one thing I really want to know, Quinn, what is it? What are your thoughts on Dino Bravo? Uh, he's shitty. <laughs> you know, like you know, you know what I don't like about him? What? He's like an earthquake, like goon. Yeah, yeah, and like, but the problem with that is, is that he like he thinks he's the like leader of the you group. Think? Yes, it, it's very obvious, actually. But in October of 2016, we had episode number one, and there's a common thread that had been going on since episode number one, and I want to hmm. play this for you here. Okay. You'll like this one, Quinn. Quinn doesn't know I some of these know clips the I'm going to play. Yeah. Joe pulled, so this could be um, very embarrassing for me. I'm not sure. Let's just hear a small snippet from episode number one, October of 2016. He does this big grand turn at SummerSlam on Luger. Right? Him and DiBiase are stomping <laughs> him and kicking him and all this, that stuff. Yeah. He does nothing after that. He didn't do anything of note. He dropped the a diesel. Thing, the only thing I remember being a big deal with Tatanka is when he appeared in that Battle Royal at WrestleMania like last year or something. Like Seriously, like what did he do? He never did anything when he was a heel. So that's uh, the thread of Tatanka's heel turn the on Luger. That keeps on giving on this show. <laughs> All the way back from episode one. How does it still come up? And sometimes when we review stuff, this Tatanka Luger feud will just rear its ugly head. I know. I, it's the worst feud, Joe. <laughs> it really and, is. It sucks so much. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. It was uh, it went on for like seven or eight months. Just and nothing happened. <laughs> Chief J Strongbows involved. Yeah. There's like a we- is that a cage match at that Sunday night slam? Yes, it thing? is. Yeah. In March of ninety five. We, we reviewed that. I 
I don't remember when we uh, reviewed it. it awful. But, a while back. Yeah. Another thread from early on, Quinn, was in episode number two. Uh, I think you'll get a big kick out of this one. This is another ongoing joke that we still have all the way back from the wow. beginning. This is episode number two. A boring, <laughs> absolutely sleep-inducing contest between Razor Ramon and Bret Hart. Yep. <laughs> Utterly awful. Shattered my dreams, folks. <laughs> so that, of course, is the Razor Brett match from Rumble 93. Hey, to this day, I don't get it. I don't know why you defend it. That whole Razor Brett match. It's the, one of the worst Bret Hart matches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Come on. It sucks. <laughs> it's not that bad. What What could be worse? The Bret Hart versus the Patriot? Like, I honestly, Probably. yeah, like, I can't think of another one. So that, uh, if you notice the sound quality there, we were using uh, some different equipment back then. Oh, hell yeah. It's, it, it, it has evolved. I, you know, honestly, I still can't believe we have these mics, this equipment. I, I, when I look at the studio, and you can see the studio on uh, the on Patriot, the raw yeah. on the raw feed, I mean it. It's grown. There was a point where I sat like across the room. You did on um, that couch over we there. We had like crappy mics, mm-hmm. and it, 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 we didn't really have the equipment. And uh, no, slowly no. but surely, I mean, you made it work. To be honest with you, thank you. From episode one, it's a kind of kind of amazing that it sounded as good as it did yeah, with that what early. We had. The drawback is that we weren't as confident talking. Right. You know, we were still finding our groove. But yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff was just an investment I was going to make without ever worried about getting a return on it. It was something I wanted to do for the sake of the show. And I think we shared the cost a little bit. I mean, I don't think it was... No, 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 I know, but it's yeah. term- the mics are a present to you. Right. The mics were... <laughs> they were a birthday present. Yeah, they um, were. And my and, wife and, let me get one for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him a lot. Thank you. But yeah, no problem. But, uh, you know, we never, ever imagined making money on this show ever and we don't do this to make a dollar we uh, never imagined having fans let alone <laughs> making money <laughs> it's true i mean all the way back in the beginning when i think you put this the first place you really shared this was on reddit is that right in squared circle i also put it on i think that's how bill got involved yes i put it on smart wrestling fan boards um, a, a podcast we never talk about but yeah. a hugely influential not necessarily to us yeah i but, you know Props to uh, Joe Negron, Larry, yes. Mr. Mutant Larry, Amy over there. They've been doing their thing for years. And I mean, like there's been over 10 or there's something. like previous hosts of that show. Like, Wiggly. Yeah, Wiggly. Dish like, fan. I, we don't really talk about it a lot, but hey, it's, it's not relevant, 100, but, but yeah. it's relevant here because it was an influence to a little bit. To wrestling, fan-made wrestling podcast. Fan-made wrestling podcast. I always say um, I, I got a big influence out of Giant Bomb. Sure. If you check that site out, yep. great site. Um, the, the way they do their video features yeah. and, and podcasts and stuff. And uh, there was a lot of influences, I think. I think so. And I think we have a disparity of influences, which is what I think made this show unique. You know, right. you, you coming from the smart wrestling fan. You were a big listener of them. Yeah. Giant Bomb, you're a big fan of. I kind of came with a sports talk, like a Mike and the Mad Dog Mike mentality. Mike and the Mad Dog, yeah. And from an editing and comedy perspective, it's like a, it's like angry video game nerd is yeah, one of my. Yeah, a lot of, you know, James Rolf, Wolf, yep. whatever. And even like Tool Time, like Home Improvement, yeah. like little, tw- little things that you notice that we do are just, it's a combination of influence, but it's not all wrestling related. Yeah, it's like, an, uh, is the word amalgamation, amalgamation? <laughs> like, what, what, what is the word for that? There's some Something like that. <laughs> one of my favorite things. You is, know, you're just going to no sell me on that. Is, huh? is your am- <laughs> amalgamation. amalgamation? One of my favorite things I was going to say is your gift for Malaprop. Yes. You know, and we'll get some of that later. But I want to take a listen to one of our uh, one of our frequent contributors. A few times a year, we have mom. We will again soon. Uh, someone that I read and you read all the way back in 1999. Oh. I know who this is. This is a guy that's still up to this day, runs a successful blog, blogadoom.com, was a king of the smarks on the internet for a while. This guy was a big influence as far as, I, I think, how we review things in general. Yes. Um, 
I honestly didn't know the star rating existed till him, not Meltzer. Yeah, I, same here. Yeah, I didn't know Meltzer. Yeah. you know, until much later. I knew this guy, Scott Keith. Can Scott I say Keith, it? Spoilers. Yep. Let's hear from Scott Keith. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say for our hundredth episode. Hey guys, it's your buddy Scott Keith from blogofdoom.com, and I hear you've hit 100 episodes. So normally I'd say congratulations, but if you convert to Celsius like we have here in Canada, then you're only done 38, so a little bit less impressive. But, you know, keep trying anyway. <laughs> That's that is a very Scott, um, yep. Scott uh, message there. I love it. Yeah. Scott's been on no a bunch poutine. of No poutine. No though. poutine. Scott's been on a bunch of shows. We were able to get him really early on, episode number seven. Early supporter, I was surprised. You know, as a fan of Scott, I never thought we would even, like, to, to be honest with you, like, even that early. Like, I didn't think Scott Keith, like, the king of the smarks, yeah. like, he would, like, even lower himself to our show turns out he's one of the most down-to-earth guys has oh a lot of God. fun so nice we and love talking to him yeah anytime we have scott on it's a good time i mean you guys don't have we ever done a, a patreon raw feed where he was on no but yeah we have a lot of fun even off off mic yeah like, we do. it's just a good time with scott and he helped us a lot you know by pl- by plugging the episodes he was on on his blog we right. i know we got some fans from there and we're very thankful for that yes definitely he was a big help in getting us kind of off the ground quinn also on episode number two um just for the record here, because a few episodes back, we reviewed Nitro uh, from 97, and I was very critical of WCW. Yeah, you don't, you don't like Nitro. That hasn't changed uh, well, <laughs> since the beginning here. This is episode two, my thoughts on WCW 1997. WCW in 1997. I, I cannot stand it, and I'm not just saying that to be some smarky guy, okay? <laughs> some hipster wrestling fan. I didn't like it at the time. Just for the record, that's not a new thing. I've never you liked had to WCW. Slip that one in, I had to. You now, hate WCW a lot, don't you? Um, I don't hate WCW. I just don't like it as much <laughs> as WWF. Okay. I don't hate it, but I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. Now, see, what's funny is uh, <laughs> if you hear the echo on that sound, I was putting reverb oh, on the man. first Remember, four episodes. There was a there was a period where we thought in our heads that that would sound better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Because like, I think we thought of like uh, radio shows where they have a little reverb I on it. I think you're right. Yeah. And so, I don't know. <laughs> it sucks looking back. It, it's, it's, it's like how awesome. It sucks. It sucks. It, yeah. It sucks. Let's take a listen to uh, something here from episode number five. The Nation of Domination is not really appreciated in retrospect of how ballsy Good. and again... You're pushing the race card hard, hard. Farouk's promos, man, were... Farouk is one of the most underappreciated things. What's interesting is last week in episode 99, when we did the Rushmore and Death Valley of Nation of Domination members, we said, I forgot totally that we ever talked about that. we talked about the nation ever. So, I mean, that's interesting. So, when it came to doing the show, Quinn, and when it came to kind of getting it off the ground, you would post on Squared Circle Reddit as well until they got, like, mad at you. Yeah, they got very mad that (laughs) I... It, unless we know you, no um, posting thing. Like, which is total bullshit if you've ever looked on that, that oh Reddit. Oh my god, yeah. Like, it's everyone posting their own shit. Yeah. And it's like, the one thing they don't like is if you do things that you didn't, like, make, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you made a GIF, you're allowed to post that, right? right. But if you if it's somebody else's GIF... They get mad. But the thing is, what I would always say is, like, but we're making this. This right. is, like, a fan-made, <laughs> right. like, I pr- like, I am the only one posting this. I made it with my friend. Right, right. Like, what the fuck? But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so cool. it's, it's really hard to start a podcast. I'll tell you that. Okay. Uh, from experience. Let's hear you. Because... No one wants to hear you out at the beginning. 
It's true. That is the thing I got from the community. It's very like we only take care of each other and getting your foot in the door is it's it's like the wrestling business, basically. That's true. And that's why, you know, Quinn and I always say we we didn't even expect to have fans, really. Yeah. We didn't expect people to be listening to this and talking to us about it. And we're so no. thankful for that, guys. Really. Whether we've never, you know, a lot of people that listen probably don't ever say anything and they don't join the group and it's fine but whether we know you or not really thank you for listening because this is hard to to get off the ground yeah it was hard to start but i think once we got rolling it was pretty good right once we got rolling it was pretty good and it was in episode nine quinn prior to episode nine i would do like theme music under stuff as you heard yeah and i would do some clips but i wouldn't stop the talking to put a clip in oh so this was the first where that started yes and it's in episode nine now this the, is one of my favorite episodes. Yes, mine too. This to me is where we started. We, we got was, the feel. We got the flow. This was the corner turner. Yeah. Now, I'll explain why I didn't used to stop it. Because I felt like if I cut the talking, this is hard to believe now if you've ever listened to the show since then, right? I felt like it would interrupt the flow of the show if I stopped it and put a sound clip in. So I would play them underneath us talking, which mm-hmm. now in retrospect, it's like, what the hell was I doing? Yeah, because then you can't hear the clip. <laughs> yes. So that doesn't make any sense. But we did, what the fuck did we know? We're just a you know a couple fans who <laughs> yeah. want to make a wrestling podcast. Exactly. Now, by episode nine, we had our second set of mics previously for you audio nerds out there quinn was using a shore sm 57 and i was using a shore sm 48 i never had a 58 i sat on a couch you did with the mic stand in your face basically right. and joe sat on a di- in where i am now, now but, but it, it, we were like it was so weird it was very weird now by this point we had had our mxl 990 condenser mics and we were still figuring out how to really get the maximum sound out of them So there was a very echoey era for a while. I'm not sure how echoey this is, but this is the first time that I stopped the audio to insert a clip in post-production because I felt it was the only way to do it justice. And this (laughs) is the clip you can thank for the style that you hear to this day if you enjoy it. Let's take a listen to it. Let's take a listen from episode number nine. They kind of introduce us to the Hart family even earlier when Brett wins the Intercontinental title and like Stu is like <laughs> in the ceiling or something. <laughs> Why is he so high up? And then like Mean Gene like interviews him. And he's like, "What do you?" No, it's, it's Alfred Hayes. Alfred Hayes. Him, what do you think of the match? <laughs> and then they like move the mic away from him really fast. Like, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Stu, tell us exactly what you think about this. It's wonderful. I'm just... Why don't you go? It's yes. so stupid. And it's absolutely true. And I feel like that's the perfect introduction to the Hart family. <laughs> and, and because what, Stu just yeah. really yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had a little yeah. That's like all that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forgive us for laughing at ourselves, folks, but we hope you're laughing along with us. Well, this is, because even it's, it's, not, it's not that I'm laughing at us, I'm laughing at like that is such a weird thing in general. I that, know. That, that thing we're talking about. Like, yeah. Like, why was he in the ceiling? I don't know. Uh, it's wonderful. That's yeah. where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the source of that joke. And I, I didn't even know that was Joe the first time yep. splitting the uh, audio like that. I consciously said, I have to do this on its own so people get the full appreciation yeah. for it. it. To me, though, it's one of those moments where I think the show turned a corner and the humor really started coming out. It was less analytical. Yeah, which I think is a fun way to be, Quinn. Right. What do you think of that? I mean, well, we, I think we we wanted to do that, but I think we didn't get a real feel for that until 
we kind of had that moment and then it was almost like we understood like how to do this yeah i think that's fair yeah and that was already by episode nine uh let's take a listen to another one of the early ovp ogs as we call him he's someone that's been with us since pretty much day one it's jimmy borden oh jimmy let's hear from him What's up? This is Jimmy Borden, OVPOG. Just wanted to congratulate Joe and Quinn on 100 episodes of the OVP podcast, the best wrestling podcast out there today, at least in my opinion. Uh, I remember the first episode I heard was episode seven, um, and then I went back immediately listened to episode one through six and haven't missed one since. Uh, I enjoyed the way you guys, you know, don't take yourselves too seriously. You're very fair, but you have a lot of fun with the way you break down retro wrestling. And I even enjoy your uh, WrestleMania specials you've been doing for the recent products as well. And after I discovered you guys' podcast, I kind of brought more faith, I guess you could say, into my fandom because before before I started listening, I was kind of done with wrestling on social media. I mean, it was kind of a poisonous place for fans, you know, especially someone who still enjoys somewhat the recent product and kind of, you know, just accepts anyone's opinion that's what you guys in this community does and it's created it's kind of brought my faith back into uh discussing just wrestling in general with anybody on the internet like you know i'm a big jeff jarrett fan and oh, i don't feel like anybody oh. judges me in the ovp community for that and i appreciate that because it's like i always say wrestling's for everybody and there's something in there for everybody and you guys make me you know i think everybody else in the community would agree you guys make us feel like you know all of our opinions matter nothing's wrong you yeah. know but i'm kind of rambling so i'm not very great at this stuff but i just want to congratulate you guys on 100 episodes and here's to 100 more guys congratulations thanks jimmy thank that, you jim really kind words i mean you, you never think that you're gonna do that for somebody to help them like have more fun as a fan that, yeah i i didn't know that we would have that much impact no way and um, you know we just wanted to help people pass the time at work really yeah i, I actually that was like the mission <laughs> statement the mission. of the show was like can you pass time at work that's but it. It, it you know it, it's great how like i really love the community it's great how we've developed into this like it's just, it's almost like a support center for people's like <laughs> days like it is you know what i mean it's like it's yeah. a, it's, it's like a pastime it's like baseball you know we're like baseball. Yeah. You heard it here first. It's a pastime. No, but it's true. And I don't know about the Jeff Jarrett thing, though, Jimmy, well, but yeah. <laughs> we won't address We're that here. We're just playing. But yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. yeah, we don't care. Yeah. Because that's the thing is I don't care who you like or don't. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. whole thing. Like like Jimmy said, we don't try to take it too seriously. We, we're serious about doing our show and we want it to be a good show. Right. But honestly, first and foremost, we want to entertain you. We want to have fun. We want it to be something you look forward to listening to. And many of you have over these last two years have made a destination listening on Mondays. It's part of your routine it's insane it's, to me it's insane to me yeah. we're just regular people folks yeah. you know that i mean we're not we, we go to our jobs yeah <laughs> right like, now i will say i listen to the show more just to see that how it turned out so do I. I usually so the way we record this it's kind of like we do it like a week before yeah it's not recorded the weekend before the monday this yeah this the idea is that in case like life comes up yep. we have something in the hopper we're usually nine days behind right it's usually the saturday before the Monday of the following show. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's sort of. It's not two days before. It's nine days but before. Sometimes we get to that Monday and I, I'm like, I don't even remember what we talked right, about because yeah. so, we already did another show. Right. So I listened to it Monday too, mm -hmm. just like you. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're blown away by the support that we've been getting from you guys here. Uh, Quinn, in episode number 11, we started a, a segment that we're still doing to this day and it's uh, it's called We're Reviewing Something. Oh, yeah. this I always thought this was a great addition. This was your idea, yeah, and it worked. I oh, mean, a lot it of it was my idea. Yeah, of course it was. I don't even remember the initial format. 
of the first 10 episodes, which was Missed Opportunity. Yeah. Overrated and underrated. Okay. And then and now, where we looked back on something that where our perspective wow. changed. That was definitely changed since then. Yeah. That was my format. And you brought in the review in episode uh, number 11 for season two. So this is just a quick clip of us introducing our first review. That's all. Okay. We are ready for our last segment. This is a new one, of course. And in this segment, it's called We're Reviewing Something. Yeah. That's right. We're actually going to review something. We've, we've heard the request. We've heard the request. Now, it's not your freaking pay-per-views. Everyone does that. No. It's not your weekly episodes of Raw and Nitro. And we're not going to go in any particular order either. No. We are going <laughs> to give you a random smattering of syndicated or, you know, network shows that <laughs> WWF did, NWA, who knows, maybe Global, maybe Smoky Mountain. Who fine. knows? We'll see, we where it, know. we'll see where it takes our viewing taste take us. Well, they, they took us oh uh, my gosh. Um, in a lot of different directions, some of them not so good. Oh, some of them really bad. But I think that's part of the fun is making it that grab bag thing, except for this season where we've deliberately picked out. Yes, this oh. has been the only time yeah. that, that, where we've kind of had a schedule i guess yeah we were limited correct we've done a lot of wwf and wcw this season we're that's not get, how we normally are we are going to get back to the the wild and crazy oh uh, yeah next episode so yeah that's it for 101 i mean that's yeah. it we're back to the random grab bag of bullshit you know yeah. for the reviews but and i'm excited about it because i feel like there's some stuff that's accumulated in my wanting to review pile oh, oh that hell i haven't yeah. even told you about oh some stuff that i have okay yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil anything. No, no, but, don't yeah. spoil anything. Yeah. I want to do a quick clip from a review here. It's from episode number 12 when we reviewed WCW Prime from 1996. Ooh, the, the Prime, the baby! The Prime, And this is something we still say a little bit here and there. It's funny. Here it is. So Dusty goes into this whole tangent about how the guy that does the replays, his name is Cliff. Yeah, he keeps mentioning it's like, who? What's his name? He runs the the back the backstory thing. He plays like, the back the reback the, the rebacks. The what do they call it? Called? Good job, Cliff. All right. Who's DDT. Cliff? Who is Cliff? He's my return man. The guy to return the matches on me. You know what I mean? What do you call it? Return. Uh, slow motion. Yeah, slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> it's the replay, Dusty. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Good job, Cliff. Good, good job, Cliff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cliff. Cliff. So that's uh, that was just a little smattering of one of our earlier reviews there. I'd say we take another listen here to another fan. Sure. Let's go with Keith Langston, who you, you might know. As the voice of Greetings from Allentown. Yes, another sister podcast, I guess, of us. <laughs> yeah, this brother, brother pod- little brother. Little brother podcast. Let's take a listen to Keith. Hello, Joe and Michael. OVP 100. What a ride. This is the voice of Greetings from Allentown. Keith Langston, just wishing you a happy 100. From all the way back to episode one to now, I've been a fan. And I thought about roasting, but I'd rather just toast. So in the immortal words, how about this? Here's to another 100. He, he knows. <laughs> he knows. That's that, that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess that's a that moment made an impression on people, it's right? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, Quinn, <laughs> you've had your problems with uh, Fonzie over the years as a vibe. Fuck Fonzie. Fuck Fonzie. Well, now, that was a GF Allentown thing. Yep. Winston hates me for that one. Yeah, he does. He he he's a big. Didn't he meet the Fonz? I don't know if he met the Fonz or if he if is he the met Fonz. Him, I'm wondering if he was like talking about the Ultimate Warriors' ultimate victory or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now that is something that we uh, we got on Fonzie about in episode number fourteen. And since let's take a listen to that. 
classic OVP moment. <laughs> oh, Fonzie is there? Fonzie thinks he knows so much about wrestling. I'm just happy the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate win. It's like, so shut bad. Up. I'm so happy that the Ultimate Warrior Horrible. got his ultimate win. <laughs> Yeah, F you, Fonzie. Fuck you, Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just the fact that you were so mad about it. it. T- like, every time I watch WrestleMania 7, I'm like, just no. Just <laughs> stop, please. Oh, he so just good. thinks he sounds so good. He does. He's very proud of himself for knowing something. Yes. It's upsetting. It's a little upsetting, Quinn. I'm not going to lie to you. Quinn, your trademark greeting is Howdy Doody. Yes, Howdy Doody. Now, most fans, including myself, I had to look back and find this, might not know. That you have been using Howdy Doody as a greeting since episode number 19. Wow, I thought it was earlier than that, actually. Really? No, yeah. you went 18 episodes without saying it. I don't know why it started, to be honest with you. I think I just said it like, you know how we say dumb shit in the beginning? Yes, we like, do. Like, that was literally like one week I started saying that, and just it, it, just, it just stuck. And that's how every episode opens. That's the first time you hear me in every episode. Yep. Howdy doody. That's right. Uh, and here's the first one. I think I even chuckle at it because yeah. it's the first time you said it. So this is the intro to episode number 19, folks. Mark it. The first Howdy Doody. This is Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing today, Michael? Howdy Doody. Howdy uh, Doody to you. There it is. <laughs> no. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. So now we know that was the first Howdy Doody in case, you know, in case the OVP trivia game ever yeah. comes out. That would oh, be a somebody good should make that like that. We can make that like a Patreon like reward or something. <laughs> you, know, you can get like homemade board games, can't you? You can. Yeah. Oh, sure. man. Could you imagine like the mm. one that in the style of the WWF trivia game? Oh, that'd be kind of cool, like, actually. The, with the sand clock thing. The hour, the, the, uh, the hourglass. The hourglass. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, yeah it is, right? Hourglass, even though it's not an hour. <laughs> not hour. Like two minute glass. Yeah, the minute glass. Yeah. Uh, we have some friends of the show, Quinn. Yes, and we I do. I figure we'll shout them out as we play their clips. Um, this is a great podcast. It's called Booking the Territory. It's hosted by Mike Mills and his crew. And they are the Southern Fried version of OVP. They cover the stuff south of the Mason-Dixon line, if you will. Yeah, if you will. If you will. They do the Smoky Mountain. They do the NWA Crockett stuff. and The prom, baby. The prom, baby. And they're the unprofessional wrestling yes. podcast. They're not professional. He doesn't want to be professional. If we're professional, they're not professional. They right? cuss a lot yep. more than we cuss. Well, we cuss. But we cuss. We don't have to cuss to sell rap in our records. <laughs> but Mike Mills does. Yeah. No, uh, but let's take a listen to Mike Mills, friend of the show. You know, it says a lot for guys like him and, and Crockett and Malonis and Petey. I hate to say this, but a lot of times in the podcasting world, not just wrestling, a lot of people aren't willing to to give a little yeah. and to help each other out. And these guys have just been stellar. Yeah, they've been wonderful. They'll shout us out. We do the same. We kind of have a little friendly thing going with the, with these shows. Yeah, I feel like there's some cross-pollination between our... It's almost a little network of sorts. A little bit, right? Yeah. An informal network. A little crossing of the streams, if you yeah, will. Yeah. Well, um, you're not allowed to do that. that sorry. Have you ever <laughs> seen Ghostbusters? It's not good. Yeah, I've seen Ghostbusters. All right, but let's hear what Mike Mills has to say. And we thank you, Mike, for for your support of our show. Really, it, it means a lot to us. He's He's been at this a long time. I don't know if it's about five years or so, but Mike's been doing this. He does a hell of a job, has a very successful Patreon, a very successful show for the, you know, for the genre, you know, for our independent status that we all are. Yes. He's, he's one of the big ones and a, a good guy too. So let's take a listen to Mike Mills. Hey, Joe. Hey, Quinn. This is Mike from Booking the Territory. First off, thank you for supporting BTT and all of your wonderful plugs on your shows weekly and i want to congratulate you on what is it episode number 100 and doing such a great job of putting out a podcast personally i know how difficult it is to 
kick one out every single week. It takes a lot of time, energy, commitment, and you guys have done that, so you should be uh, commended for doing so. Again, thank you, and um, everyone out there, if you uh, want a Southern-flavored classic <laughs> wrestling show, come on and check out Booking the Territory, and uh, which are supported by uh, Joe and Quinn. And uh, again, guys, thank you for your support. It's greatly appreciated. And um, here's to 100 more. Take care, guys. <laughs> plugs his own shit. Thanks, yeah. Mike. No. We just plug you. Yeah. No. But thank you for real. Really, that's that means a lot to us. Quinn, as I was saying earlier, one of my favorite things about uh, doing the show with you is your your gift for the malaprop and for the absurd things that you'll sometimes say. Well, I, I, I don't mean it. I, no, I, I'm I honestly just talking. I love that. Yeah. And I think our fans do too. And one that particularly struck me as funny when I was going through some of our old ones to find some clips is also from episode number 19. It was when we were reviewing Shotgun Saturday Night from January of 97. Uh, yes. y- you got me here describing the headbangers. Okay. So this is very funny. <laughs> is this uh, Muggsy? What's his name? What, what Ruth? Muggsy Ruth? Glenn Ruth. Glenn Ruth. Muggsy? Yeah, what's... What the hell are you thinking uh, of? Otis. What? Yeah, the, the, the guy... What was his name when when he was the when he was that character threat Mosh? That's his different. Oh, that's the other one. Winky. What was it? Let <laughs> me telling you. No, no, no. What was it? Um, Chaz. No, not Chaz. When Beaver he was, cleavage. Beaver cleavage. That's it. <laughs> that's the other headbanger. Yeah, Winky. Remember that whole thing? You don't remember Winky? Winky. <laughs> that gets me to this day, Winky. Well, I, you know, I, I couldn't remember. And, you know, you would remind me of the beaver cleavage uh, yeah. a lot after over, this moment. Yeah. Kevin, winky. Winky. Well, you know, because the beaver, Winky. I don't it? understand. Is that another like, euphemism? Yeah, like Winky, like, like penis. But Beaver's not a penis. Yes, but it's the opposite. I, I couldn't think of his name. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Quit. I'd say let's listen to another clip or two. We'll go to break. We'll come back, listen to a few more, and maybe do our uh, Rushmore. Sure. We have an announcement coming up about that. Let's take a listen to a great friend of the show, uh, Jake Georgeson. You can find him on our Facebook ah, group. Yes. Big supporter, a funny guy. You know, he, he posts a lot of funny stuff on our, our group. He's been with us for a long time as a supporter and a friend of the show. Uh, let's listen to Jake Georgeson. In honor of OVP's 100th episode, I'm going to infringe a little bit on little brother PD's territory Mm -hmm. and share a personal anecdote that I think helped explain a little bit why I enjoy OVP so much. So when the Monday Night Wars were in full gear, I was mostly a WWF fan and I would occasionally catch segments on Monday Nitro. Sorry. Hmm. I had a friend at school who was the opposite. Must have been he Quinn. would mostly watch Monday Nitro <laughs> and would occasionally switch over to Raw and catch segments. Poor sap. So every Tuesday at the lunch table, there was a big crowd of kids at the table, and everyone more or less watched wrestling at that point. But me and my friend were the two that watched it the most. And so every Tuesday, we would sit at the lunch table, and I would tell him what happened on Raw he would tell me what happened on Nitro. We would share, you know, ridiculous impressions mm-hmm. and stupid things we saw and funny that things sucks. we saw in magazines yeah. and all that stuff. And OVP and the Facebook group has kind of filled a similar ground. I can listen every week and go to the Facebook group and share stupid memes, stupid stories, Mm -hmm. ask dumb questions. And it feels like I'm 12 or 13 years old again, sitting at the lunchroom table 
with my friend talking about wrestling. So congrats, you guys, on reaching 100 episodes. Here's to another 100 great years of podcasts. And thanks again for bringing the middle school lunch table back into my life. That's really nice, Jake. That's awesome. I love I love stories like that because, you know, that's was another aim was, you know, to be a little educational, but to kind of give people that, you know. Avenue to. That avenue just to, you know, remember the old stuff that they like. Because we, me and Joe have talked about this kind of crap for years yeah. before we had a podcast. Oh, yeah. I don't, I just didn't see any podcasts out there at the time really like. There was some retro stuff, but they're not in the vein of like just, you know, sitting around a table reminiscing. Remember this guy? Remember that guy? Kind of thing. Remember how stupid this looked or something like that? That's why we pick apart these dumb things that we've noticed. You know what I mean? We don't even do it on purpose. It's just like. This is how we usually usually talk about old wrestling. Exactly. Man, Jake, that's such a great description of the middle school lunch table. That's a perfect, like, that's emblematic of our Facebook group. shirt right there. The I Middle School be, Lunch actually. Table that's podcast or any, whatever it is. Any designers out there want to yeah. get on that? Because Quinn and I suck at it. We've tried. Yeah, we've we've really tried with t-shirts. We, you know, that's something I uh, put out an SOS for. Really? Some yeah. t-shirt designers, no. guys that, um, you know, want to just help out a little bit if you do. You know, that's a good time to actually say a couple things. The first, the logo for like the first five episodes or whatever it was, was just something like uh, crap together real quick. Yes. But our old logo that we used for a really long time was a, uh, by a friend of ours, a friend of the show, someone I've known for a long time, uh, Mike Fireball yes, did that it, logo for us. It's still the uh, Patreon um, for the Raw feed. It's yeah. still the, anytime we do video in general, it's still the logo on the yeah. bottom because I don't know how to make the other one work that yeah. way in like a long form. <laughs> so we just use that. Yeah. And uh, the, the current show logo, Quinn, was actually a combination of the two of us going back and forth and back and forth yeah. and revising shit. A lot of effort. We're just, we're not, we're not visual good at this. artists. No. So, you not. know, if anybody knows that kind of thing, feel free to contact we'll us. We'll pay you. Yeah. If it's we'll, fair rate, we'll, I mean. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll pay you. We'll pay you for the, the logo Yeah, or we will. Yeah. Seriously. So, let's get another, uh, another clip or two here from our show. I want to do these three. They're all from the same review. Okay. This was episode number 20, and this is when we tackled Heroes of Wrestling. Oh, this. Yeah, <laughs> this, gar- this piece of crap. So here are three clips from the <laughs> Heroes of Wrestling review. After that, we'll listen to one more fan clip, and then we'll take a break. We'll be back with Rushmore. So let's listen to this. Now, Quinn, this is really sad. <laughs> Jake, sad, it's true. Jake just falls over. <laughs> For no, nobody pushes Nobody pushes her. Oh my god! I just sorry. lost my shit there. Yeah, there's more. Here's a. Here's more about Jake and Heroes of Wrestling. <laughs> Give up. Give up. Now Jake Okay. Well now Jake's shoes are off and Yoko gets the fat tag. <laughs> and then finally. If they turn back the clock, Jimmy Snuggle wouldn't look like this. If they turn back the clock any further, you'd have to invent new numbers to make the time <laughs> earlier. <laughs> that was one of my favorite reviews that we did was yes. of Heroes of Wrestling. It, it was insane. I had never seen it. Too, Me neither. So it was it was quite the experience. I, I feel like you really got our raw reactions. <laughs> yeah, to that. Like, you did. Especially when we do stuff we've never seen before. Right. That's when it's like real like, okay, we've never, this is some old shit. We just, we missed it or yeah, something. Yeah, we missed it. Uh, yeah. We just never got a chance to see it. Yeah. Uh, let's listen into, oh, here's another OVPOG. Ruben 
Vasquez oh. Jr. He's someone that is Mac Rivera's biggest fan. Yes, Mr. Mac Rivera himself. He faithfully tweets out every single Monday that he's listening to OVP, and I yep. love that. It's just su- such a nice man, Very Ruby. genuine. Very genuine man. Ruben Vasquez Jr., let's take a listen. Hi, everyone. This is Ruben Vasquez Jr., fan of the AWA and probably <laughs> Mac Rivera's biggest fan. <laughs> That's true. I wanted to wish OVP a happy 100 episodes, and I hope you have many, many more. Quick story, I guess. I fell into the OVP family by receiving a notification on Twitter saying that OVP wanted to follow me, which I thought that was cool. (laughs) You know, a podcast wanted to follow me. And I didn't hear of you guys. And I think by that time, you guys had just started your podcast. And I checked you out. I wasn't crazy about it at first, and I'll admit that. But I didn't give up on on you guys. I wanted to continue listening, and I think nice. I don't know if I started at the very beginning, but I think you guys were already a few episodes in. So I kind of um, started listening, and you know, you guys got way better. <laughs> and look at you now, hundred episodes, and I think you guys are the best wrestling podcast Aww. ever. And I wish you the very best of luck and hello to everyone out there and I can't wait to see what you guys have coming up next. So take care guys and catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much, Ruben. Yeah, that was very nice, Ruben. Thank you. Very Seriously. Uh, yeah, very we're, we're glad we reached you. We're, we we're, really are. We're glad uh, we, you got through the, the crap episodes at the beginning. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the so. early uh, the early experimentations, figuring it all out. Yeah. Reverb era. Yeah, the reverb era. And I guess any you know we're by no means experts, and we are by no means um, hot shots, and nor do we care about being that. But if any aspiring podcasters are out there, or maybe you do have one and, and you're not satisfied, if you're doing it for fun, then keep doing it. Yeah, that's what I would say. It really is a fun hobby. Yeah, it's something I look forward to doing every Same week. Same here. Yeah. If you're not having fun and you just want people to listen and you just want to make money. I would advise to stop doing it. Right. I would. But if you're having fun, that's what matters first. Yep. If you're going to devote time to doing something like this. And so kind of Ruben to send that in. And he said he uh, wanted to know what we have in store next. And well, next up, we'll be taking a break here. When we come back, it's a very big Mount Rushmore in Death Valley. And we got a special announcement coming up concerning that. So thank you so much. And we will be back right after this. You're listening to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. Why would Ric Flair make his debut hatching? Why would he hatch from an egg? Well, because it's Survivor Series and it's time for turkey. Quinn, (laughs) do you hear what you're saying? (laughs) Hello, wrestling fans. No, 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 that didn't work. Let's try this. Howdy doody. No, I just can't do it. How about... Never fucking again will I be nice about this or any other retro wrestling podcast. So listen up. There we go. Hi guys, it's Rory here from the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast. Wishing you, my comrades in retro wrestling arms, a very happy 100th birthday, show day, anniversary. Whatever it is, it's a lot of time to spend in Bruno's yard. So well done to you. Love the show every single week. And as somebody who has also, in the course of my own project, had to endure a lot of terrible matches and shows and Ultimate Warrior getting his ultimate wins, I very much feel your pain. Oh, and one more thing, everybody. If you haven't already, join these guys on Patreon. You do not need to spend a lot of money. Spend a lot of money. 
Yes, I had to get this one in there. Congratulations again, guys. Keep eating shit, my sons. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to OVP 100. Thank you so much, Rory McNamara. Thank you very much. <laughs> Check out his show, Wrestling 20 Years Ago Podcast. Eat shit, my son. Eat shit, my son. This is a very casual episode, if you can't tell by now here. It's just a celebration, a, a thank you to the fans. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Quinn, he did mention, believe it or not, our Patreon. and I guess Wow, the tie-in. <laughs> yeah, the tie-in there. Look at that segue. We'll very briefly mention that. Now, Quinn, we started our Patreon a little less than a year ago. Yes. After much uh, debate and trepidation and... Yeah, should we do this? Should we not right. do this? Because we never wanted to ever come across like all we want out of this is money because it's not true. Yeah, we're not the million dollar man. No, we're the multi million dollar man. Or the, the <laughs> billionaire Ted. Yeah, or we're trillionaire other, Ted. Other, other variation. JBL in yeah, 2004. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not that. That's not what we're all about, folks. But we did set up our Patreon as a way to let you, if you want to, donate to the show. It's not to, and this is the real truth, it's not to pay for the current Monday show. No. Like, we pay for that hosting. We've always paid for that hosting. It was never to, like, fund the show. It was never to fund the equipment. I've already bought all that. Right. And Quinn has, too, some of the stuff. Yeah. Like, we've already done that. Right. This is not to keep the show going. It's only if you really like us, you want to support us, and we'll give you more content. So it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You know the deal by now. If you don't, there's three tiers. One dollar, two dollar, Three dollar Quinn for one buck, they get to see the raw recording on video of every Monday show. Yeah, so you get to see what shirts we're wearing, what yep. headphones we're wearing. <laughs> uh, you get to see all the the, the flubs and uh, mistakes, yeah, flubs. the mistakes that are made. Sometimes uh, mistakes are made. Yeah, and you get to see it all on the raw feed. Raw feed, one buck every Monday. Sometimes there's out. even extra stuff on there that you might actually want to hear because it's just funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Stuff that that hits the cutting room floor for yeah. time reasons. Uh, but if you add a dollar to that, so that's just two dollars now. You get the raw footage every Monday and every other Friday, you get Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra, and that's where we kind of get wild and crazy from the yeah. suggestion list. Um, you know, Dungeon of Doom members, which yeah. we gave out for free last week. That was more to just entice you and show you what, yes. what uh, what's, what's out there. What's out there, right? Harvey Whippleman protégés. Harvey we did. Whippleman protégés. What else did we do on there? Ultimate Warrior matches. We've right. done some serious yeah. ones. Uh, less successful siblings was one of them. Yeah, that was so fun. It's all over the place. Um, that's the fun Rushmore. Yep. There. And that's two bucks a month every other Friday. So you get two shows a month about an hour or so audio podcast separate feed and then if you had one more dollar that's three dollars okay that's not a lot of dollars it's three bucks a month you get all the stuff we just mentioned and every other friday alternating with the rushmore extra you get quinn and i watching wwf from 1982 on video we kind of react to it it's a it's like watching wrestling with your friends basically basically yeah but some of the poorest (laughs) like the worst like 1982 is no uh picnic let's put it that way but that's that's part of the fun yeah wwf is not that good back then and you get to see us react to that and it's it's really fun time that's every other friday that's three dollars a month and you get all that stuff so if you want to give it a shot there's no like contract you can do it for one month and if you don't like it you don't want to donate you can't afford to donate totally fine we're not upset you know we're not doing we're definitely not upset no we're really not so but if you want to try it out patreon.com slash ovp podcast now quinn in episode number 21 we had the first of a segment that was actually your idea and we kind of bounced it and we tweaked it. Your idea was, let's do a Rushmore. And right. my idea was, well, fine. If we do four of the best, we got to do four of the worst. Right. So we put that together. Mount Rushmore and Death and Valley. We had one of our signature segments here. Yes, we did. And here's just a very brief blurb on the very first one. If you haven't heard it, it's episode number 21. Here's us introducing it. 
Folks, we have a new segment for you for season three. Yep. Here comes the good stuff, right? (laughs) Each week, Quinn and I are going to put four things on Mount Rushmore. Not the real Mount Rushmore. It's not okay. like we're replacing Jefferson we're not or anything. We're getting like rid that. of Teddy Roosevelt or we're his Patriots house. here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's home. <laughs> and we're also going to send four things down to the Desert of Death Valley. Nope, the Undertaker's home. <laughs> Since episode number twenty-one, this has become a segment that people look forward to. You've been able to interact with it. We've done it faithfully every single week. Yes, a long time. And it is now time to announce that the one coming up is going to be our final regular weekly Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Yes. It doesn't mean it's going away for the extra. Extra will still be there. So if you want your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, it's there every other Friday on the Patreon $2 tier. I want to be clear. We're not doing this to make you subscribe to Patreon no, to get no. your Rushmore. The simple fact of the matter is, is Quinn and I want to try something else for next season. Right. We want to refresh the format a bit. Yep. That's the only reason we're not doing this to try to make it Patreon exclusive and paywall the Rushmore. And who knows? I mean, this is going to be kind of an experiment. If it doesn't work out, maybe we'll go back to the Rushmore. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But this is and and what's coming up later is I personally think might be even a better replacement. It might be, Quinn. It's another thing where you thought of the idea, bounced it back and forth. We've tweaked it. We have it ready. We're not going to tell you what it is because we want you to, you know, listen next week and find out. I will say this. Um, it's another type of segment that's similar in a way where, you know, uh, there's rankings, there's rankings and there's There's stakes, there's there's stakes and there's debate and to see who, you know, which guy or girl or whatever, you know, whatever we're doing is, you know, what's better is, is part of it. Yes. It's something that we really do believe that you're going to like, or else we wouldn't be trying it. Right. And if you are disappointed that there's no more Rushmore, we do apologize, but we, we just need a break from doing it every single week on the main show. That's all it is. We're trying something new, but with that said, it is now time for the final Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. This is where each week we have put, four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. And Quinn, when you think about other people that use the term Mount Rushmore of wrestling, yes, they usually mean one specific thing. And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Professional wrestlers. There it is. That's it. We've never done this. We've always said to ourselves, this is off camera, off mic. We've always said, if we were going to end the segment, the last one would have to be the best wrestlers and worst wrestlers of all time. So that's it. That's what it is. Now, most people, you know, if you see that term thrown around, who would be on your Rushmore? They're usually talking about the best four wrestlers of all time. Right. Since we're OVP, we're also giving you four of the worst. Yes. Now, when we say wrestlers, there is some criteria that won't fit into the show title. Right. We're not counting Japan because we're simply not familiar enough and we're not yeah. going to pretend to be. I mean, there's going to be no giant Babas or right. Ricky Dozen. Nokis. Yeah, Ricky Dozen. We're not counting Mexico for the same reason. So El Santo, who I'm sure is the biggest cultural icon ever. Yeah, sure. I don't know anything yeah, about him. I don't know. So it's basically North America and where it's basically the U.S. and Canada, essentially, right. or people yeah. that wrestled there. And it's not just the in-ring work. We're basically looking for the five best Oh, sorry, for the four best of the five tool players. Right. <clears throat> Meaning promos, in-ring, 
charisma, the whole package. You know right. the deal. This is this is the most overall, like the bestest. Right. The it's bestest not, of the restest. It's not just the high flying. <laughs> yeah. It's not just it's the, the technical. technical. Yeah. It's it's everything. What a professional wrestler is. There's four of the best that we're gonna make a list of and four of the worst. So thank you for being with us for this ride here of Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Quinn, I'm gonna give you the pick. Who is your first nomination for the Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? If I'm to pick number one, I gotta go with uh, the Holster brother. Hulk Hogan! Yes! Yes, me! I think the, the most influential total package, um, you know, some might say not the greatest wrestler, but you know what? If you watched him in Japan or, you know, where, where he was able to wrestle, yep. he knew how to wrestle. He was a very smart wrestler, yes. a very smart worker, because he did what worked. Yes, where he needed to do it, when he needed to do it. Right. He he definitely um, on purpose <laughs> yeah. made his style what it was big, big, exaggerated, boisterous, cartoonish. Yeah. Right. That was all by choice, not by um, lack of ability. Correct. Because I've seen Hulk do like holds and stuff. Like, oh, absolutely. I know he. Can, I know he knows how to do that. Now, the first thing you need to know about amateur wrestling, yes, or professional wrestling, <laughs> or submission. Well, you just tell me, brother, when you want him to quit squealing. Okay. All right. It's called a front chin lock. And between the ropes, he had charisma. Right. Outside of the ring, he had charisma. His interviews were larger than life. His persona was l- larger than life. He connected with fans in a way that only he could during that period of time. Right. And that is one of the things here. So was his in-ring work the best thing ever? No, but that wasn't the point. That wasn't the essence of Hulkamania. That's not... His technical wrestling ability is not what captivated fans to watch Friday night on primetime, him versus Andre the Giant in front of 33 million people. He's the only wrestler that I know of that could not only get the largest attendance record of all time for its time, I, obviously it's been eclipsed by WrestleMania 33. I Dave Meltzer would argue regardless. Whatever. But, but, um, <laughs> match. But also, the he also attained the uh, highest rated television audience of all time to this day for a match that he was in. And he was someone, maybe the first since in North America, okay, to transcend wrestling since maybe the days of like Gorgeous George and people like right. that. He broke a long-standing downturn of wrestling, I guess. He broke out of the niche more yeah. than anyone had in a long yeah. time, you know? Yes. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. He had a second career, basically, as a heel. Right. Starting in 96 and revitalized his career, revitalized a promotion, revitalized interest in wrestling. What's interesting about the Hulkster brother is... I think had he even retired before he turned heel, he would still be on this list. Of I Rush- think so. Rushmore. However, he went on to have this heel turn, this moment. And the new world organization of wrestling, brother. He shocked the world quite literally. Nobody saw this coming. They never, they couldn't even like conceive of Hulk Hogan as a bad guy. Yeah, I think Hogan hits every single checkbox that you could want. If you were going to build a professional wrestler like if you got a kit yeah and you could build a professional wrestler and your goal was to be the best ever i think he hits everything i mean he's got a great look he's got very interesting personality persona promos Mm -hmm. charisma everything about him and got sayings he's got t-shirts right he's marketable yeah crossed over right he's in movies television he can be portrayed as a hero or a villain right I think he hits every single checkbox when you're talking about what a larger-than-life superstar should be. And I just got ready to start hanging and banging. And when I started to squeeze a brother, when I started to the 24-inch man, 
Yes, I did feel the pain, you know. Yes, I did feel the separation in the lower. In terms of his weakest, it's his in-ring work. But that's still not. But I feel like, again, that's by choice and not by uh, for any lack thereof. I think you're right. Yeah. Now, do we want to volley mm-hmm. just so we have someone else on here for criteria? Sure. And of all people, I'm the one bringing him up. But I have to. Okay. Ric Flair. Yes. Now, I'm not a big Ric Flair fan, but oh, I... Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you, know, you are. I would say Ric Flair, um, again, hits all the check boxes. I think what Ric Flair excels at, he might exceed Hogan in certain areas. In the ring, he does. I think he exceeds him in the ring, and I also think he exceeds him even at talking, to be fair to Ric Flair. To uh, be fair to Flair. To be fair to Flair, I think Flair's promos are better. Yes. Hogan's are... are uh, more whimsical and yeah, fantasy-based. Yeah, this is weird, like, imagery. <laughs> yeah, like, I, right, mythology. But Ric Flair appeals to a very simple thing. It's, I am the best, I'm the richest. Yeah, I'm better than you. Fuck all of you. Exactly. Like, and, and it's so easy to understand. Yeah. And it's it captured the country, really, because you, you had anywhere where Ric Flair would go, people liked him even when he was ba- a bad guy. Yeah, they, that's they true. liked this style, this character. It was fresh. It was very fresh. It, you didn't have guys that would go up there. Not only were they they were saying they were wealthy, but he actually was because he was breaking box office records. And, yeah, I mean, he would come in these outfits that were like he wasn't lying when he said his shoes cost more than your house. <laughs> right? They did. My shoes cost more than your house. He is Ric Flair, and the lifestyle he lived, not only um, was his in-ring persona, but was his out, outside-the-ring yeah, persona. He lived the gimmick. He lived the gimmick so he could portray it so well on TV. I mean, let us I'm not defending living that gimmick. No, because, no, no, I know. I mean... The impropriety. But when he said, uh, you know, I could go all night, I can drink yeah. all night, he was doing that. <laughs> like, he true, was Quinn. literally doing <laughs> this that. This is true. So, uh, Ric Flair... He takes the Hulk Hogan thing even maybe to another level because the Hulkster, the cartoon character, definitely wasn't um, Terry Bollea outside the ring in Tampa on his water ski. No, I think like, Hogan was more like Ric Flair yeah. <laughs> in real life, honestly, yeah. with the women and, right. and the yeah. other things. Ric How- Flair was 100% the real deal. Let's talk about the in-ring work of Ric Flair. I mean, it is great. It is great. It is great. It he, really is. He, um, One thing I always admired about Flair was you know, people would get on him about his body. But people who people who know, but about that he was a little flabby, the sag. Like, that he wasn't, um, he the didn't sag look card. like. But workers who worked with him said he had more endurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, his conditioning was off the charts yes. compared to a normal professional wrestler. Even his noted rival in real life for a while, Bret Hart, like, right. always spoke highly of Flair's conditioning. You know, right. honestly, and just and, yeah, it's it's weird because it's just you would not know it by looking at his body. Right. He doesn't but, look remarkable right. the way a Hogan does. But he, he was definitely uh, conditioned, and he was trained that way. I know Vern trained him. and In the barn? He was in the barn, but like back when they made them <laughs> you know, uh, literally run through the snow for yeah. hours and hours. I mean, Ric Flair famously uh, said what his regiment was is he'd wake up even after drinking all night and do like 100 Hindu squats Jeez. the minute he woke up. Again, total package, Ric Flair. But the only strike against him is that he had all that. I agree with everything you said, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> is that he didn't transcend 
especially not in his wrestling heyday. Maybe now in like more of an ironic meme type way. Oh yeah, nowadays there's more of a respect for now. what he did. Like, but at, in the eighties, I mean, yeah, did people in the South probably know who he was? Yeah, oh, in his in his sure. area, he was sure he was maybe more well known than Hogan even. But he wasn't ever uh, someone that transcended the wrestling realm the way yeah. Hogan did. And I think that's also a little handicapped by the gimmick. It's not a um, Americana um, mm, It's true. Uh, it's, uh, it's fair. He is... Well, I don't know, Quinn. 80, in the 80s, that was Americana. Yeah, but that's not the Americana that wanted to be presented mainstream. Not in the 80s, no. Rick Fla- Rick Flair is the reality-based Americana. He's, he's what the average man truly wants to aspire to be <laughs> whereas hulk hogan's what we're telling children to aspire to be. to be yeah to be it's fair hogan was on the cover of sports illustrated hogan hosted saturday night's main right. or saturday night live hogan had those opportunities uh, yes. afforded to him to be fair because he mm-hmm. was in a promotion that was nationwide whereas rick flair wasn't well and also vince was going for that type of thing he right. had the foresight to do that right i still think hogan's number one i honestly don't think Anyone can knock Hogan from this spot. I don't think. I don't think. Well, if we're ranking, then obviously yeah. um, like Hogan's going to make it. Regardless. Well, if we're ranking, then there might be an argument for for Ric Flair, but we're not. We're not ranking. No, we're it's not just ranking. Four. It's just four. And I think Hogan's going to make it no matter what. Don't you? Yeah, I, I definitely I, think Hogan. I'm, I think Flair might I think even Flair be a will too. In, but let's let's talk about more before. But I'd say we can put Hogan in safely. Yeah, I think we should put Hogan in because I think that. No one's going to knock him out. Sure. I don't think there's four better people than him. So let's call it Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> Oak Hogan, as Richard Land yeah. said recently. <laughs> For number one, it's the Hulkster, brother. <laughs> Quinn, your move, sir. Okay, I got an interesting one for you. Okay. Because he's technically newer. John Cena. I think that that guy might be approaching... He might even be in uh, it, the, the Rushmore level of professional wrestler. I am imagining some of the people listening to this right now being like, what the hell is wrong with Joe and Quinn putting Hogan on as number one, talking about John Cena? But you have to understand something, folks. We're not just talking about the in-ring work. If we were yeah. talking about in-ring... I John's great He's great. Ring. He's great. He's great. <laughs> but Hogan's not really. Or yeah. could be. If we were just talking the best of the technical wrestling, yeah. this would be a different discussion. Yeah. If we were talking the most charismatic, this would be a different discussion, right? Right. But this is all the five tool players. Yeah. John Cena is a modern Hulk Hogan. Yes, he's a modern Hulk Hogan. He's he's got everything I would want in a in a professional wrestler. Let's he's hear got it. The, he's got the look. Yes, he does. He's got the charisma. He does. He's got a, He's got also another element that you know we we said a lot of these these things with Hogan and and uh, Flair, but he's got something that I always admired him for is that he can roll with the situation. He went through a stretch in his career where he was underappreciated. Oh yeah. Um, from about 06 until 14. And he just kept the smile and he kept doing what he was doing in the ring. And I just always admired that about him. He, he never let up. He never let it get you mean to he him. He never gave up. He Quinn. never <laughs> gave up. But, you know, like it never. And it was so sometimes in his career it was so strong, but it never derailed the guy. That he, is true. His it, work ethic was impeccable. Right. Yeah. I mean, really. It, it never derailed him. And by sheer hard work. Like actually, like doing the work in ring, getting out there with fans, yep. uh, interacting with people. He's nearing the end of his career, and I feel he's won over anybody who ever hated him. Yo, your style I don't like. I take your quarter, shove it straight up your ass. You bet. 
I better off that Vince fucking call me collect. Say, yo, you serve that kid over at the Meadowlands? Motherfucker, yo, I got bigger plans than you. You ain't shit. I'll ride you straight off my shoe. Get your shit up, motherfucker. What the fuck you gonna do? I don't see a reason to hate him. I think he's, I think he's great. Right. I, mean, I, I really do. I admire what he did because even I was a little tired of seeing oh, yeah. when he, his initial first like making into the mainstream. Right. Oh, seven, oh, eight. He's just won me over because even the older he gets, he still goes out there. He still gives 100 percent. He still does a good match match. Yeah, I think some of his later matches are some of his best. I love his match with his AJ matches with Styles. AJ Styles and Seth Rollins at Triple Threat yes. with Brock Lesnar. Rumble 15. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and even going back, I loved his rivalry with Edge and CM Punk. All good stuff like, that all he did. Great all really good stuff. So that's true. That's some checkboxes he hits are having those classic matches. Classic matches and rivalries. I think the CM Punk is the highest oh, of highs for John Cena. It's John representing that more old school WWF against yeah. against CM Punk, the yeah. new school. And, Absolutely. But I think John Cena did a great job representing that. John Cena's good. He, there's he nothing really like, is. And this is what, it, what says a lot about John Cena is I think he's aged better than most wrestlers. It's to the point when I hear his music, even though I don't get to see him as much in the ring yeah, anymore, he, right. you know, because he's in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly knows he's done sure, in the ring and course. that he can wrestle maybe, you know, three to four times a year or maybe for these uh, short month long stretches. Yeah. Like he, he that's how he goes now. When I hear that music hit, I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> I, I just like this guy. Right. Like he's just he's just a pleasure to have around. I agree with you. Like, it took some years to get through that rough period he had. Yeah. He was kind of hard to watch. Like you said, underappreciated too from maybe 08 to like 2010. And, and I think it was just because he was at the height of his marketing yeah. where they were they were like, okay, it's John Cena everything. Right. Now. You got to be a VIP, a very important player. Don't drop the ball. You vote, you win. But there was a reason there was John Cena everything. Right. It's because of his marketability. Yeah. And he he's that he's what you look for in the face of a company. I hate that phrase, but it's true. Yeah. Keep him on the table for sure, but I want to volley one to you. Sure. Another serious contender. When you talk about all the checkboxes a wrestler should hit, Randy Savage. Randy Macho Man Savage. I say I'm a million percent. That is better than a hundred percent. Hell yeah. I think of all these guys we've talked about, I would say he excels the most at the technical aspect. More than Flair? Probably. I think so. I think Um, so, too. I think the guy had a mind for how a wrestling match works. One of the best minds for how to plan out a wrestling match right. and execute it. And yeah. how to, you know, the, the, the perfect time to play to the crowd, yep. the perfect time to struggle, the perfect time to cheat. Take a the, bump. The perfect time to look sympathetic. I, he he just had a mind for it. And I always thought it was um a little sad that he wasn't allowed to do that more before the end of his career. I um, agree. Because he, he wanted to pass that knowledge down. It was sure. obvious... He wanted to show guys like Shawn Michaels and, you know, wanted to work with guys. And I think we we had said a couple weeks ago how we're glad he got that opportunity with DDP to do that. That showed that he still had it. Even when his his physical ability was waning. That's almost like how a a pitcher is in baseball. It's like when he is losing the physical ability to throw a fastball the way he could, the good pitchers remain because they can finesse. They They finesse. They can figure out a way to get a strikeout. And that's kind of what I think about Randy Savage near the end. He's the Mike Mussina. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you're right, Quinn. But in terms of his heyday, larger-than-life persona. I am the greatest professional wrestler that ever lived. 
very unique charisma. There's nobody. I've never seen anyone like Randy Savage. Yeah, I, there's the way he walked, the way he moved, the way he talked, the way he could just cut a promo, come in there, and nobody seems like him at all. I mean, hell, his manager didn't even talk, but he made it work. That's true. And to the point where Miss Elizabeth, and he worked this, yes. like, was genuinely more popular than him by design. And it was all his doing. Yes. That's true, Quinn. I, I, it's unbelievable. He's another one that you could have as a face of a company that could do all the things that right. need to be done in the market sense. Fantastic in the ring. One of my favorite guys to watch in yeah. the ring. Just so awesome the way he would move in the ring and the way he would execute punches and I different moves. I would even moves. love the way he would, um, especially I would say around the early, like 91 when he turned heel face again. Yeah. I always loved how he would end a match and he'd give you that look like, man, that was a really hard fought. Yeah. Like he would limp his way out yep. kind of deal. And like, I always dug that about the Macho Man. He made it, he made it look like he worked for it. There's like an element. There's a there's something it's, special. There's a skill. Craftsmanship. To, yeah, there's like a craftsmanship about making it look like that at yes. the end. And I always liked, uh, I, I noticed certain wrestlers would do that very good too. I always thought um, Brett and Sean were good, oh, good at looking, making it look like they really worked for it by yep. the end of the match. Absolutely. Your mustache is crooked. Is Savage number two? I think there's some, there's some names left to be talked about. Who else you got? I think Austin. I think I really do. I can't argue. I mean, I can't argue talking about him. At least his single-handedly revitalized the business for at least WWF. Oh, single. I mean, there was he had to dance with someone, and it was Brett. That was really. You got to yeah, be fair. But I, I think Austin. You know, he took what he did there, and um, he, he was able to adapt his style. I, I he he was like a chameleon, if you think about it. He, yeah. He was really able to go from being a technical wrestler to getting hurt into still go at the main event level. Yep, he adapted it. He literally was missing tools in the toolbox, but he he made it look like he had all those tools still, and, and there's yeah. something to that. Great talker. Yeah. Great in-ring work, especially before the injury, but like you said, he adapted afterwards, but man, 96-97 Steve Austin is a sight to behold. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like it's what you hope to become if you were becoming a professional. Right. Like, you're like, I can't even like every every everything he touched turned to gold. Magnetic, you yeah, know, just like, something about like you couldn't stop watching this guy, right? And he kept you guessing. Mm-hmm. You never knew what he was going to do. Even when he was in the ring, you never knew what he was going to yeah. do next. I, he was just he was something else. I, I've never seen anything like that. They say, oh, we don't want Steve to sue us. We don't want him to own the WWF. The last thing I want to do is to own the damn WWF because that's got to be the biggest headache in the world. And what's interesting about him too, Quinn, is that his run at the top was really short. Yes. But at the same time, he was like one of the all-time merch sellers like ever. It's unbelievable, really. I, I still, it's a phenomenon. Like, he it, was. It, it's something you've never seen before. Maybe. Since Hogan. Maybe Goldberg did that. Like quick, yeah, but, that quick in and out. Yeah, but, but nothing I mean, like Austin this. Austin actually did last, to be fair. Austin, yeah. And Austin's legacy is has continued, but. I mean, Austin was the first thing since, like, Hogan yeah. to be that big, to be yeah, that and, big. And, you know, I always thought listening to his story when he tells, uh, he talks about his career and how he's kind of an example of a guy that really put his mind to being the best wrestler. Yes. Yep. I mean, you listen to stories from him and you, you really come to understand is his work ethic was something else. Oh, yeah. I mean, he started, you know, Chris Adams trained him and, yep. you know, he worked his way from nothing. Mm-hmm. 
out in Dallas. You know, he always says by 94, he knew he had all his shit together. And he said, I I should be the best. He should have been. I'm going to be the best. He was one of the best. And he did whatever he had to do backstage, um, creatively. Yep. Um, He fought for it. He fought for it. And, you know, he put together a character that is unforgettable, unmistakable. You can't, you, you can definitely pick him out of a crowd. I've never seen anything like him, and I've never seen anything like him since. Yeah, he was definitely unique, and that's one of these things that all these guys have in common, is that they're unique, they led the company, their respective companies, through very successful periods of time, Mm -hmm. and they're great in the ring, and they've had great matches and great moments. Right. As far as I'm concerned, this is over with, so get the hell out of here. With Hogan on already, and we've talked about Flair, Cena, Savage, and Austin, do we have someone from there that we know is going on? I think the only four short, to me, is Ric Flair. I think so. Because it's just like the drawing power, the just he, he kind of has it all. He's kind of recognized in his realm as like the best. Is he the greatest NWA champion ever? I would say so. I would say so. I mean, I, and I think some guys that are from that earlier NWA uh, warrant some talking about, but I think, yeah, I think if so. anything, Flair, he belongs. I think that, so too. That greatest, that that greatest of all time. Like he's Ric Flair. Come on. Like, I think we have to put him on. When you think of wrestlers, I think two guys you immediately think of are Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan and Ric, Ric Flair. Flair. They are that. Yep, I agree. So yeah. let's let's put Flair on. Okay. We'll see what we can get going here for more spots, more suggestions. So for sure. number two, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Does. Chris Jericho have any business in this discussion, or is he like a top 10 guy, maybe? Hell of a career. I think Chris Jericho, he's two things. He's a wrestler's wrestler, and he's a wrestling fan's wrestler. Okay. But he's not a mainstream greatest guy, all of it. But you wouldn't fault someone for saying that he's the best of all time, in their opinion. Yes, I wouldn't fault it, because I... Because I think what Jericho plays to is, again, the fans, the real true fans of wrestling, like the ones that are in it when it's the worst and the best. Okay. Jericho isn't kind of recognized outside. That's the one thing missing is that he's not recognized from a mainstream level. No, unless Fozzie counts. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I'd say if there was a top 10 list that we had to compile of wrestlers, he might make the cut. Oh, yeah. In the top 10. Especially getting, I think we're getting a clearer picture of what Jericho's going to be recognized overall, seeing his later work. The career renaissance. Yeah. I think when you get to these end of the career stuff, it kind of makes or breaks the guy's overall legacy. You get to see, okay, what can they do? when they're losing some of that those some of those tools we talk yeah, about well, right. can they can they still pull it together right. Jericho's really showing right now oh, that he can still put something together make something interesting and work with guys younger than him keep right. up i thought he had a, a tremendous match with Kenny Omega at sure. WrestleCade. i sure. i was i was like is this the same guy like i, I that was I'm, a few years ago in WWF like right. sucking it up i mean yeah. honestly it sucked yeah bad but last time he was there you come to realize it's like well when he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do yeah people aren't being like hey don't uh, hurt yourself and you know like i agree yeah so you think that he's one of the greatest but not in the rushmore discussion no unfortunately um i I, agree i I think another guy um though that a lot of people will definitely want to put in there this is more of a respect to the southern portion yeah i think people will say dusty Rhodes is one of the best wrestlers to ever 
wrestle. Another guy that hits all those check boxes yeah. in terms of the charisma, the the uh, likability, the marketability, and fun in, in, in the his ring. Way. Fun in the ring could he could bring it? Yeah, he could bring it. He could bring it. But I always thought he had a more fun play to the, more like how Hogan style was. Yeah, Fat Hogan. Yeah, he was a fat, chubby Hogan. Right, but style. that was that was his appeal. He was the yeah. common man, right? He was the common man, baby. Yeah. Even in, even in NWA, that was like he's even though common man, he was the ride. They didn't say common man. Yeah, I know they, that's they, what he was. He was. He was the same thing. He was the opposite of Ric Flair. Yeah. That was the whole point. Right. And that's why that feud was so good. Right. He's great. I mean, he okay. Keep him on the table. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. Luthez. Yeah, I mean Luthez. How are we gonna I, not talk about see him? See the pro- okay. So my problem with Luthez is only that like he's black you have and white. To, you have to wa- <laughs> literally like you have to watch like eight millimeter whatever the yeah. hell. It's, uh, like I, I don't know what they had back I then. I know, but, I know. Like there's it's it's really hard to say. Hey, Luthez is the best. I know for sure he's the best. It's hard for you and I here in yeah. 2018 with the limited amount of him that we've seen to just go by what we've read and say that he's the best. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I always think there's a there's a thing, and this is even with um any sport. I understand that, like for example, like Babe Ruth is considered like the best baseball player ever because of his stats, stats. But at the same time, it's like you weren't there to witness like what was the competition like. Was he facing stiffs? You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, true. Because we know with baseball, pitching has only gotten better as the years have gone on for the most part. So you know. like. And it's not like to crap on Babe Ruth. No, no, it's no. just to say that I, as a baseball fan, couldn't give you proper perspective on Babe Ruth's hitting ability because I didn't see the guys he was hitting against. So on that ground, are yeah. we tipping our cap to Luthez, but we're going to remove him as ineligible, essentially? Right. We're not yeah. saying he wouldn't belong. We're just he's not eligible because right. we don't know enough. Yes. I think that's only honest of us to do that. Right. I know that he's influential. Right. And I know that he was well respected. Yeah. And he was a great well, color. I know George Hackenschmidt was the greatest wrestler right. to ever live. But I, 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 you know, there's literally no footage. So. And Luthez was great at the color and the commentation. Don't right. forget. He was. I did think he was. I thought that was <laughs> actually was like. Good. I was surprised. I really didn't think Lou was that good at that. He but, was great at it. Yeah. All right. So. Loud and clear. We're removing him. We're not saying he wouldn't make the rush more. We're saying we don't know enough. Yeah. Plain and simple. The glove don't fit, so we must acquit. Yeah. All right? But let's go a little yeah. old school because you, I, I, I think we need to acknowledge steel. some of these guys. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I mean, Bruno. Yeah, good condition, Vince. Good condition, Vince. Bruno's regional, though. It's the only thing about him is right. he was regional at that time. 63 to 71 was his first run. They were regional. Yeah, but I mean... To be fair, uh, you know, celebrities knew about him and, and would... Yes, know, um, yeah, New I know, York area celebrities. Yeah, but New York was the entertainment capital when he was mm, performing. Well it's a little there, different there. Little like, it was a little, it was uh-huh. a little more split between L.A. and New York in those days. And a baba boo to y'all. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right, though. Well, Bruno, obviously, was Vince's cash cow. Vince right. Sr.'s cash cow, that is. He was the champion for eight years uh, yep. during a much different era, but still champion for eight years. And then again for a few more years, yep. they brought him back. Because Pedro sucked. <laughs> Pedro sucked. Bruno was the common man for the North. And this right. is way before Rhodes anyway. But he was like, he was the hardworking immigrant from Italy. Right. Blue have, collar. If you understand it, I know not all of our fans are from the New York metropolitan area. It's an area of immigrants. 
so for sure. So they the idea is, you know, here's this immigrant. He's not somebody from New York. He's somebody who came from Italy, Italy. and moved. To, and there's a lot of immigrants in New York City and in the surrounding areas. And that's why so many people could identify with him. He was their guy. Right. Yeah. This is our guy. He's going to beat the foreigners. He's going right. to beat the bad guys. Right. Different time. We know a little more about Bruno where we can have a discussion about him in the ring. He was like a Hogan. He did what he had to do. Not a yeah. great wrestler in, you know, like nothing special. Well, power. I wouldn't say he was a bad wrestler. No, I would no, say no. nothing, nothing exciting special. about yeah. his wrestling. He he was a real shooter. Like, he that, could be. Yeah. That's the thing. Is yeah. I, that To me, that's the thing that hinders him is because it is so much of that, that hooker, uh, you know. Not stock. that kind of hooker. Yeah, no. but you know what I mean? Like yes, that, yeah, I that like, you know, just real. He'll hook like, you. Like this guy could be in the Olympics, kind of thing, right? Like, with Kempatera, yeah, and Brad Rangans, right? And, and I, you know, I personally am not a fan of that as far no, as it comes neither. to professional wrestling. I think you need to do a little bit more. But that being said, I, I've seen matches where, um, I mean, crowds were electric when Bruno would get his hands on a guy that really fucked him over, yeah. either on the last MSG show or on Championship Wrestling yeah. or some something. People, you didn't mess with Bruno if if you got one up on Bruno one month. Yep. The next month when you come back, holy shit! Like the audience is, every punch he's doing is is they're hanging on. They're it, hanging right? on yeah. it. They they want to they want to see him deck. They want to lose the wrestling. We want to see you deck this guy. Right, exactly. Like, it was something else. Oh no! Bruno's a top contender, actually, still. Um, I'm going to throw another one at you. It might be a little unconventional, but when you think of everything a wrestler was, tell me what you think. You can shoot it down right away if you want. Andre the Giant. That's nice of you. Of course. Andre the Giant, one of the most unique, right? Yeah. It, it, there's not, there is no other giant. No way. <laughs> they, they've tried. There's never there's, been. I mean, there was Giant Gonzalez, but... As good as Paul White is, he'll, yeah. no one, and not that he would ever try to be yeah. Andre. He knows, but you see the thing with Andre is what's interesting about Andre is he had his heyday when he was already aged out. Yeah. You mean his popular, like his mainstream heyday? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was already 40. Yeah. He was, and he was dying yeah, like, slowly. Uh, yes. Like quite literally. His wrestling peak was probably in the early seventies, early mid seventies. Right. Hell of a wrestler back but he then. Was, he was, there's something that's different about Andre among all the people we're talking about. And what's that? He's a le- like there's a legend to him. There's a he's like a folk hero. Like I think that I thought that was the best way to describe it. The HBO documentary did a good job explaining it was it was like he was like an urban legend or something. Like right. even when he was alive. Right, like, right, right. People couldn't believe that a man like this existed. That's why they called him the eighth wonder of the world. Right. You know, he was very unique. I mean, people would come out in droves when they would hear Andre the Giant is yeah. coming to their town because oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Like I've only I've only heard about him in you know you know people rumor Just and hearsay. Yeah, and, right. uh, like there's a man and he's 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 seven whatever and a, seven and a half feet tall. Yeah, like right, right. Like what the hell? Yeah, Andre had a unique appeal. Andre was also a hell of a wrestler. He had crossover appeal. He yep. hits all those check boxes. Hungry for a big honey taste. I don't know though. I think Randy Savage should be number three personally. Really? I really do. Hmm. I really do. I think Randy Savage should be number three. Randy Macho Man Savage. There's eh? never been another Randy Savage. He is uh, one of the best of all time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can go with it. I just. I think the fight for four is where it's at. But okay. I think Savage belongs on this list with Hogan and Flair. Okay. 
You're okay with that? I'll, I'll put it because I, I always rank Savage like a number one in my yeah, opinion. He's one of the best yeah. ever, right? Yeah. I think he belongs. So okay. for number three, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Now, you know, inevitably the question always comes up. Yeah. Because of, um, I think their intense rivalry and the rivalry um, being about who is who's the best wrestler, you know, that, that was kind of their MO was Sean and Brett. Um, Good. If you weren't going to bring them up, I was. Yeah. Because the crux of why, you know, there was such an intenseness to this is because it was about who was the best professional wrestler. Right. right? Out of the two of and, them. And so you, you stack these guys up against all these other guys. And I want to say personally, as much as I am the biggest Shawn Michaels fan in the world, I personally wouldn't put him on Mount Rushmore. And I think he's a great wrestler. Yeah. I just think that you got to be something, something really, I can't even, unique, you can, it, like an intangible, like something you can't, you know, fit, you can't. Yes, that's what intangible is. Yeah, you can't, you can't put <laughs> you it You can't together. even speak. You can't even speak. You can't even say it. And I know That's you what Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage yes. have in common. Is Correct. There's, there's something about them that, you can't attain it, 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 something you can't put your finger on right yeah i think this i think you're right i think bret hart is in my opinion in terms of in ring is the best i've ever seen at making it look real and really putting on a compelling match and that's the truth and i'm not just saying that yeah, there's other guys that are really good at the two but he's the best i've seen mm-hmm. i think Shawn michaels had the better career because he had that second part Right. I, I do I do think so as well. Um before that I would say actually Brett Brett, Brett was better. If Sean ended in the ninety eight, still a great career, but Brett's was better. But, okay, that being said, we need to talk. Does Sean's second half at least put him more in the range of all this? Um I don't know because I think Brett's a better wrestler overall. Yeah. I really do. But we also talked earlier about um, you know, what what you can do in your later career does um help with that legacy i agree i think and some of those matches sean had with and not only you know everyone likes to point out the undertaker but i mean sean was having good matches with guys like john morrison shelton benjamin yeah. you know kurt angle kurt angle yeah tons, like, of, people. A, a tons of people during that that yeah. run triple h and he was he was showing something that you know people thought he was done and he yeah. he was showing something he found that, a smile quinn yeah he found a smile and he you know what i always liked about that run what? Other than the like comeback match where he won the title, he never was the world champion again. It's true. Yeah. He was never the champion again, and he didn't politic. But at the same time, you always felt like he was the best in that company. Yeah, he was still like, treated as one of the best and still wrestled like one of the best. Right. I think Shawn Michaels is a top 10, for yeah. sure. I Without really do. Bre- I, I, same with Bret Hart. And I think for me, I'd put Bret just a little higher than Shawn, and I'm sure vice versa for yeah. you, which is fair. But I don't think either of them are on the Mount Rushmore. Okay. I'd love to put Brett on, but I don't think it's I don't think it's right. Yeah. And the same way I know you feel about Sean. Right. One of your favorite or your absolute favorite. Right. But I don't think that Brett or Sean belong on the Rushmore. They're okay. close. They're close. Yeah. Because yeah. they're great. Yeah. But we still got Cena, Austin. You know, Dusty. John Cena, I you know, he is he's really up there for me. I, I'm very like high on John Cena. I you know I, I am too. Because when I think of these guys and these intangibles and all this kind of thing, yeah, it's he's some guy that like I just look at and I'm like, there's no reason I should think this about him. He seems so average 
ish. Yeah. You know, he's got like a good build and everything, yeah. but like there's nothing. It's like you can't understand why he's is what he is. Like right. why you feel the way you do about John Cena. Like I suppose so, Quinn. <laughs> no, just, I know just you like, mean. When he comes out, what is it about him that you hear that like that music that music hit and it's just like it's like goosebumps and that like and you're like oh fuck yeah, John Cena. I think he's just got the it factor. I want to throw an honorable mention out to Harley Race. Harley Race, yeah. I don't think he's going to make it. I don't know enough, but one of the one of the best of all time. Right. To me, Harley Race is more of a if you were ranking NWA champions kind of yeah, thing, which, which we, we which did. We did. Uh, he he's he's more in that vein, but I don't know if I'd say the greatest of all time. Right. I like to place a shout out to some people that um I don't think are going to make it, but yeah. I think they need to be deserved to be talked about. Okay. Okay. The Rock, one of the best uh, on the mic ever. Yeah. Unique charisma. I don't know that he is one of the best of all time, though. I just yeah. don't. I just don't either. I maybe history will tell a different tale. The, the further we get away from Hollywood with the Rock, yeah. and when he's an older man, and, yeah. You know, we're we're reminiscing about the overall experience of yep. the Rock. I think Nick Foley is another one. Nick Foley, yeah. <laughs> yes. I think you know what a lot of people. Uh, you know, from the 80s might, this is a weird one, but a lot of people might say, how could you not talk about this guy? Roddy Piper. One of the best of all time as well. Yeah, like a lot, uh, and, the, and, and Piper, Pantheon, yeah. yeah, a Piper, a guy that physically, he doesn't really have the look, but he no. makes it work. He, again, the intangibles, yes. like there's something about him. Yes. And you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Um, I was just watching actually a moment, um, and I, I totally forgot about it, but there's a moment at Royal Rumble, I think it's 90, Jake the Snake's getting beat up on by some guys that he, he he's he has a rivalry with at that point. Yeah. Two heels. Yeah. And there's a point where where Roddy Piper, who's not really aligned with Jake by early 1990, mm-hmm. and he comes in and, I mean, that crowd roars. Really? Oh, my goodness! It's Roddy Piper! Like a man! Piper just goes insane on them and there's this part where they they're fighting and they back up against each other and they turn around and they're about to punch each other and they're like no we got to beat these guys up and then they turn and and <laughs> like and it's just but that the way the crowd always reacted to Roddy Piper yeah it, it, there's just something about him and I, I that's why I think a lot of fans that would listen to a Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of wrestlers might say why how could you not talk about roddy piper fair enough i yeah, think like, i'm glad you brought that up yeah. actually i don't think he's gonna make it but he's another one of the all-time greats right the undertaker same thing that's more because he's just lingered around for the last 10 years more <laughs> you think more than he should have his career right well I, I think it's helped his career i just don't think he's good yeah for the last 10 years yeah that's all well, i also think he had a rough start before he fell into he this um great matches all the time Undertaker. Yeah, he had a pretty good run of, of actually being very good in mm-hmm. the ring and fun to watch not an all-time great in my opinion one of the one of the better wrestlers i mean in, yeah. in, in terms of endurance and legacy and uniqueness don't know about all-timer i think it should be uh oh man this is tough i'm trying to think if there's any real top i mean gorgeous george i don't know enough about i yeah, know he was a big deal yeah he's a hall of famer too they retroactively put him in the hall of fame yep is there any more you can think of that I, are really serious contenders? That are serious contenders. I think it has to be Steve Austin. I think he he nudges Whoa, out really? Cena. I think he nudges Ooh, out I, Cena. I almost disagree with that. Well, let's talk about Cause, it. Okay, because I think Cena's longevity really puts him beyond Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Cena buoyed a company like in a time when 
Austin it, buoyed. Those aren't buoys. Yes, but Austin, the ball was rolling, you know, like Cena, he was left with a sack of shit when, <laughs> when he started. Like, yeah, like not that Austin didn't revitalize a sack of shit, but I mean, there was a Monday night war going on and stuff. Yeah, I know. <sighs> as good as John Cena is, I think Steve Austin is the better of the two overall. Can I ask you a question? Yes. If, um, there was some kind of moment, right, where somebody needed to be saved. Yeah, because to me, this is this always is the that like guttural reaction when somebody comes out. And yeah, more, who would you be more excited if it, and you know say both were gone for a while? If John Cena came out or yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin to make the save? Well, they're not in the same era, so it's hard. Right, to I'm say. saying if like just today it was like a. Somebody's getting beat up. Maybe the the current biggest baby face I don't around. Because to me, that's that a hard gu- question to that answer. That guttural reaction of is really tells you. Well, you know, Austin saved uh, Mick Foley and helped him win his first world title. So yeah. I mean, I've seen things like that. I just think Austin is a better talker than Cena. I really, I, I agree with Cena's that. Is okay, but Cena to me is a better talker in the ring. If that makes any sense, to, I don't there, know. There, I really do think he can tell a story. I that, think Austin's better. You think so? In the ring, yeah. No, I not really do. In the, like, I'm not talking about like in ring skill. I'm talking about like that psychology. Psych that I think Austin's the, the, the better. Faces that that Cena can make. That there's something he conveys something to me, and I I, I agree. But Austin had the iconic facials and visuals throughout his career. The the yeah. blood at WrestleMania 13. That's true. His whole performance at Rumble 97. You know, waiting for yeah. Bret Hart. Austin was in a league of his own for a while, and as good as Cena is, and as as proud as I am that like, proud's a dumb word but like as happy as I am for the guy and I'm happy that I have appreciated this career now mm-hmm. I still think Austin's better okay fair enough you know I, I just I need to throw guys just for a second because yeah, I, okay. I don't want this is the wrestler one I this know is the people, quick hits now we'll I, hear it. I think people will be like where's CM Punk where's Daniel Bryan like those guys are guys that brought me back into yeah, wrestling they're um, in the top 15 probably yeah like because top those, 10 I say those two because those two are responsible for a mini renaissance if you will yeah in the early 11s and, and that's still 10s. kind of lasting yeah. I think I think people who came back in 2011 are back because of the CM Punk's and Daniel Bryan's of the world and it's possible um they're, they're both great. They're both great wrestlers. They're the Brett and Sean of our time now. Right. Of this time. I think they're great. I think they're yeah. both great. I like them both. I don't think they're in the rush more. I think they belong on anyone's best wrestler list, and I wouldn't ever have a problem with that. Do you think that as time goes on, those two will rank up higher? Um, history will rank them up higher for their responsibility for, um, um, for, for bringing a lot of people back. And, you know, as fans age, you have people who got in then who yes. become older and then they look back and they say well you know CM Punk and Daniel Bryan they were they were yes. they were so influential and they brought they brought all these people back, yes. back to wrestling. I, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of nostalgia for them in 10 15 years if right. there isn't already. Right. You know for 10 years ago for 7 yeah. years ago. However, in with the list we're compiling with Hogan Flair and Savage and we're talking about John uh, John Cena and Steve Austin, Bruno even I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I I, I, I want to. I want to. We got to think of some WCW guys too because they have to. We 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 brought up Dusty. Um, there's not the many Stinger. He's I, in I the know same you, classes like Brett and Sean. Probably yeah. a notch below. Yeah. Probably a few notches below. Yeah. I, I'm just saying the the Sting <laughs> Sting is something. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. Um, just top just twenty. Throwing it out there. Top uh, twenty. 
There's probably, Kurt Angle is probably in the top 10 or 15. Kurt, Kurt Angle, definitely. Another one. You know, some people might say Bob Backlund. Probably in the top 20, yeah. 15. Yeah. There, there's a bunch of guys that... Um, Billy Graham is probably in the top 20. Superstar Billy Graham. That's another one to talk about. The, you know, the guy that may be responsible for Hulk Hogan. In a, well, yeah, I would say in so. In a lot of ways. I would say so. Uh, also responsible for Dusty Rhodes. Uh-huh. We mentioned Gorgeous George, right? And same thing. Another yeah. influential one. Top yeah. 20 type these of guy. Are, these are guys, again, that Buddy Rogers. You know, people think of when they think of professional mm-hmm. wrestling, the best wrestlers. Dory Funk Jr., yeah. people say. Terry Funk. Yeah. Uh, Jack Briscoe. Yeah. However, what we know and what we've seen is our vantage point. Right? Yeah. I actually think the it's between three guys, not not two. Who do we have? I think it's between John Cena. Yeah. Steve Austin. Steve Austin. And Andre the Giant. Andrew, huh? Yeah. Because of the mark he left on, like, there's nothing like him. Like, like, if anything, most of these guys resemble each other, but none of them resemble Andre the Giant. Well, I'd say that's true. I'd say Andre, though, should be his own entity. Is he like the Undertaker to you? Where like yeah, like, that's to me the only closest thing to Andre is the Undertaker. It's like that yeah. that, that what that represents. Yes. like that they His own are, thing. They are the best, but they're not part of the other best. It, yeah, like, it's just uh, it, it's hard to put them into this, but at the same time, they're definitely recognizable for their uniqueness and what they've done. I'm holding fast to Steve Austin because of his exceptional in-ring work, his exceptional promo ability, and the way he had a unparalleled charisma during a period of time, and he was an unexpected hero yeah, for he a came company. Out of nowhere. I just think he's tremendous. I think he is one of the best. I think that if he hadn't gotten injured, that he would have been even better. That's how good he is. Yeah. I can't put John Cena above him. Really? I can't. I can't do it. I think I just I I think Steve Austin's better. To me, the reason I put John Cena an inch above, and the only reason is because I think he he represents how to do it in the modern era. He's the he's the blueprint in that sense. Like, I guess so. In in an era where you're a mainstream company with you know shareholders and things yeah. like that, there's just there's still a sense of realness. You don't feel like it's. You know, it's a manufactured big corporation thing with John. There's still something. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's something about him. But Austin got them to the point where they could even have that. That's the thing. So I, you know, I will concede that Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I, I we're talking inches here. We're inches uh, away uh, from yeah, Rushmore, yeah, huh? It, it, Climbing it, the mountain. It, it's so close. It's, right. just, it's so close to call. But I think Austin might go up just a little bit higher. I think so. But never give up, John. Yeah. <laughs> For number four on the Mount Rushmore wrestlers. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, Quinn, in an unprecedented move, I want to recap and then take a break, mm-hmm. play a clip, and we'll come back with Death Valley. Okay. Uh, so to recap for Donnie, the last recap for Donnie, we have on the Mount Rushmore wrestlers, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, and Steve Austin. That's a list you can be proud of. Yeah. Hanging on your wall. I mean, that's a good list, but folks, we want to know yours. We really do. We want to hear your Mount Rushmore and your Death Valley. So let's take a listen from a fan or two here. Let's why don't we listen to Jordan Rubenstein and then after that, we'll be back. Boys, I just want to congratulate you on one hundred years uh episodes of the OVP podcast. It's your old New Jersey neighbor Jordan, just checking in. Wanna let you guys know you've gotten me through car rides in traffic, you've gotten me through workouts. There have even been times where I've been in meetings and I just can't take it. 
those conference calls, we all know how boring they get. <laughs> listen in on one ear to the call, listen in on the other ear to what you guys have to say, and believe me, they make the meetings go a hell of a lot better. <laughs> I will say, Quinn, we all cannot wait for the day when that face turn finally <laughs> comes. You're tired of being held down by Murata. We know <laughs> it. We get it. We see it. You're going to hit him with that million-dollar belt. You're going to look at the contract to renew for next year, and you're going to give him that big thumbs down and sign your own contract <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Where are you going? We know it's coming. We got your back. We know what it's like. Damn the man. <laughs> Save did, the empire. What did I do? But in all seriousness, we love you guys. Thank you so much for all you do. <laughs> Looking forward to episodes 101 through 200. <laughs> I'm expecting my second child in just a few days. Right, so yeah. this has really helped to keep me calm listening to Jeez. the current episodes and past episodes. <sighs> you guys are the best. Talk to you soon. First of all, to be something that helps people, I... I who thinks yeah. of that? You know what I mean? Like to help someone when they're expecting a child, we never would have imagined that we could do that for somebody. We wouldn't imagine. But you know what? I've also wouldn't imagine what that under this um, Kerry Von Eric um, intercontinental title issue of WWF magazine that I have a contract. No, just kidding. I don't know what that's <laughs> about. I don't know what kind of gimmick he's running there. But I, I... oh wait, got my million dollar belt. All under right, the table. Quinn. Well, before I get hit with it, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back right after this with Death Valley. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. He's a terrible actor, Quinn. I he get cannot it. act. Hold on, slow down, wait a minute. He made No Holds Barred. What's that? He made Suburban Commando. Wait a minute. Shut up. He made Mr. Nanny. I hate kids. He made the Thunder in Paradise movie. It doesn't matter. He made the Thunder in Paradise syndicated series. I think you got a winner here. He made Three Ninjas Kick Hogan or whatever it's called. Thanks. I'd rather be lied by wolves. Santa with muscles. He's right. Every single fucking movie he's ever been in, he is a terrible actor. He cannot act. Why is he always acting? Tell me about your problems. Hello, this is Justin Hand, one of the OVP OGs. just want to say congrats to Michael and Joe for hitting the 100-year mark on the podcast. And now they have, I believe, what is it, 44 combined years of wrestling <laughs> fandom? That's pretty impressive. I love the show. I've been listening to it since 2016 when they started. Uh, it's probably the second or third show when I picked up listening to it. It's great content. They talk about great old-school stuff. That's mostly what I'm into. I don't really watch any new WWE. watch some indies that are current and mostly just old stuff. They cover it. I love the good and the bad. They do both of it. These guys are hilarious. If you haven't listened to them for a long time, keep it up, guys. It's worth it. It's a great show. Every week, you can count on it. It'll be there to entertain you, make you laugh. The only complaint I have, and they know this very well, they need to cover more, cover more Southern wrestling. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do it, guys. Let's see some more Southern wrestling. A little bit too northern on your coverage lately. <laughs> A lot of WWF. Let's see some more Mid-South, MCW, mm. Memphis, mm. all that kind of stuff. That'll make me even happier. <laughs> all right. Congrats again, guys. Thanks for all the laughs, and keep going strong. All right. Bye. That was the voice of Justin Hamm. We're back. Thank you so much. Uh, welcome back to OVP wow. 100. I don't think he'll be happy with the Rushmore this week. <laughs> no, but 
they'll be happy to know that we're going back to our review uh, grab bag style yes, next uh, season. So next, I'll get ready for some wackiness. Some, maybe we'll even do MC Music City Wrestling. That was the successor to USWA. Quinn, Wait, are you ready? Uh, is this um, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett in, um, stuff? I think it's Jerry Waller, but I can't That's remember. Better than, better than <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. All right. So we're going to do the Death Valley. Quinn, uh, Paulo Silva. Yeah. Well, of course. Of course. The. the perennial worst thing ever on this show worse than another very large man that i'm yeah. sure will get brought up yeah. next paulo silva quinn you characterize as a man that they saw walking down the street and they said you want to be a wrestler and he said uh, <laughs> yeah he's that's I've like never what it seen is anything that bad ever <laughs> like he just comes in with his swishy pants and he swish 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 and you know doesn't uh, do anything does he i've never i don't know if i've ever seen him do offense Maybe like, a chop or yeah. something, like a shitty choke slam. He's so bad. If He's you one of the worst up, wrestlers it, ever. It's unbelievable that he ever existed. And here comes a Paulo Silva. Silva's about seven feet five, maybe more, close to 500 pounds. You still suck. See, th- this whole Death Valley of wrestlers, you got to be some real shit. Yeah, you have but, to like not hit any of the checkboxes yeah, almost, you know? Yeah. You have to literally be a useless piece of crap. <laughs> and that's Paulo Silva. Well, he can't cut a promo. Yeah. He has no charisma. His look sucks. Yeah. Like, j- he's big. That's all it is. He wears swishy pants. And he he's can't big. work. Yeah. He's terrible. There's there's nothing really else to say about Paulo Silva. He should just be number one. I think he's like the unquestionable, like, like worst and he was in a big promotion to ever happen that's the thing to ever like so, yeah the only criterion here yeah that i guess is additional is that if it's it's, it's a shitty wrestler in an indie fed that no one's ever seen yeah then how are we gonna know about it yeah so like mass transit won't make it no no no, no. that's the different thing yeah but like this is a guy that was in the wwf during their hottest period right so there's also that factor you right. know what i mean like yeah he was globally bad yeah everyone saw he was universally him universally shitty <laughs> he was unquestionably horrible yeah He's number one. He is literally the worst wrestler I've ever seen. I ever. think we, before we started this, we like we have known Paulo Silva Forever. would like if we ever finally did the the Rushmore and Death Valley of wrestlers like Paulo Silva. Like you don't even have to like think about it. Yeah, I agree, Quinn. Yeah. So for number one, let's just get it out of the way. Let's put it in the garbage disposal here. Yeah. Paulo Silva, die, die, die. Quinn, your move. Well, uh, on to the next giant piece of shit, uh, Giant Gonzalez. It's hard to argue against that, unless, of course, we're talking about people managed by Harvey Whippleman, and then no, <laughs> check no. that out on I the Patreon. <laughs> Joe argued so hard. For I that. got in case you're you're not a patron, which is fine. I was able to get Giant Gonzalez in as number two on the Death Valley, and that was my goal: was at least not be number one. Now, now to counter that, though, yes. Um, the reason I said how could Giant Gonzalez not be the worst Harvey Whippleman thing is because he's, he's one of the worst on wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know he's on the worst, but he's not number one. So, <laughs> well, Paulo Silva's in a different class. He okay? really is, I, and he should have stayed in that class. Yeah, and uh, graduated. Yeah. Now, Giant Gonzalez, as we've talked about many times, because this poor guy Jorge Gonzalez qualifies for any well any Rushmore. And a Death Valley that he qualifies for, he makes it. The crazy thing is that he was equally as bad in WCW as El Gigante, El Gigante, which is Spanish for the Gigante. Like, remember that time he had that weird date with Missy Hyatt? Yeah, it's horrible. Hi, yeah. Missy Hyatt. We got a date. 
And I want to dance. Yeah, but can't we have an interview first? Uh-uh. I want to dance. This poor guy was a failed basketball player. He couldn't work. He was just 7'6", seven, 7'7", seven, seven, whatever he was. 7'11", seven is yeah. where he should have been. 7'11". <laughs> and he was an awful wrestler. He couldn't cut a promo. <laughs> he couldn't walk. His look was stupid. Yeah. He was awful. He's yeah. just uh, probably so nice. Such a nice man. Such an awful wrestler. One of the worst things ever. You sound like Bret Hart right now. You know, I think I could have had good matches with Jorge Gonzalez. Yeah, shut up. I told what you- is that alleged like <laughs> Ric Flair three-star match with Giant Gonzalez at like a Who show or something? I think that stems out of one of Meltzer's like sources, quote unquote, yeah. back in 91, writing in saying that they saw what they thought was a good match. A match. I think that's all it was. But I don't even think that it was probably that good. Yeah. He was so poor. And he was on pay-per-view they let him wrestle. Yep. The uh, Undertaker. Yeah, twice. Yeah. Unlike Paulo Silva, who they never let wrestle like in on well, pay-per-view he in a single. Kind of sit on the side. Yeah. Usually he, it was like in tag matches. This guy had a singles match, two of them, yeah. on pay-per-view mm-hmm. against the Underwear Taker. Yeah. Who in ninety-three, not the greatest wrestler. Was this to hide the Undertaker shittiness? Like, <laughs> Maybe. It's like, like, oh, well, we'll put him up against Giant Gonzalez. He can't look that bad. And he had the horrible bodysuit. Yeah. It's just awful. He had fuzzy underwear I mean, on. How much more can we say about this guy? He's one of the worst ever. He just belongs, right? Yeah, he definitely belongs. I think the last two here are going to be the hardest to decide. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe not. But for number two, Quinn, there's no way around it, right? Mm-hmm. Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez. Die, die, die. Get it over with. Just get out of here. All right. I'm going to give you one. We're, we're breezing for this one. It might not be that hard. Yeah. Nails. <laughs> well. Have you seen them? The boss only, man. The only, yeah. The only thing is with that voice changer, yeah. he was, he cut a decent promo. Without it. <laughs> I had to sit in a six by nine cell for seven and a half years. It's because of people like you, big boss man. Hi, I'm going to beat you up. He sounds like Jameson. I'm in a Boston Wrestling yeah. Federation. What was that thing? He's probably in a Boston market. <laughs> Fucking horrible. works at Boston Market. <laughs> you want a number two? Yeah. He was terrible, Quinn. Yeah. If it was anyone else in the gimmick against Boss Man, that would have been an all-time feud for 92. Right. It was a good concept. The ex-con, he's angry, beats him down. Great concept. find someone? I don't right? know. Anybody, not him. He was terrible. He, Get he, Hector Guerrero. <laughs> he's never doing anything. The gobbledygooker was a good idea. Yeah, remember that whole <laughs> yeah, thing? when he actually said that. That idea was not a wrong idea. It was a good idea. Nails was just hideous. <laughs> he couldn't bump. He didn't sell. Yeah. Like I said, his only saving grace is that he almost could cut a promo. But he needed the help of like his voice pitched out an octave. <laughs> Think about that. He couldn't he there was literally like nothing he could do right. He was terrible. But uh, man, there's there's a bunch of guys well that come to mind. Who else you got, Michael? Uh the Yete. Uh, oh duh Reese. Ron Reese. Ron Reese horrible. He really is. Why is this the trend? Is if you're like over seven feet and not Andre the Giant, you suck. Except Big Show. Yeah, except He's Big the, Show. The lone exception, really. Yeah. Oh, God. Reese was bad. He's not as bad. And this isn't saying much. He's not as bad as Silva or Gonzalez. Yeah, but, but that's not saying much. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty bad, though. I mean, a lot of people in that Ravens flock were not good, like Sick Boy. Sick Boy sucked, who is not Kidman, yeah, for the record. <laughs> I actually finally saw him for the first time in a long time in something, and yeah. I was like, oh, wait, he doesn't look like Kidman. It's more just because 
Kidman is always itching. Yes. So I'm like, why is he not sick boy? Right. Because if you didn't like, if they hadn't just established it, they could have literally called sick boy Kidman and and Kidman sick boy. I know. And then forever he'd be sick boy. But I I like that you always have to defend why you thought that was his name. It's it's cute. It's very cute. But sick boy, more like shit boy. Yeah, Yeah. he was bad. But Reese is the worst of the flock. I mean, Reese was terrible. But I don't know if he's worse than nails. Really? I actually, well, I mean, he might be. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I got another one for you. Okay. Dave Sullivan. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going. Yeah. Oh, he, come on. No, he's, wait, wait. He's like just Ro- quickly shuffle. Evan he's like there. he's like Roddy Hogan, the wrestler version. <laughs> but what what about his date with Kimberly? That it was funny. sucks. No, he sucks. Quinn, he Everybody sucks. Everyone to take her to see the lion. The king lion. The king lion. What about the king lion? Oh, there he is. He wants his date. I know you got your heart going to see the king. Hey, you got me doing it. Dave Sullivan is one of the worst wrestlers of all time. By the way, of uh, all time. By the way, um, mad props to a very young Kimberly for trying to make that vignette work. That was before or after she was tidy on home improvement. Yeah. <laughs> She's very nice to him in that, like, but she. Quinn. She, <laughs> it was a WCW worldwide angle. Like, don't start giving <laughs> accolades here. It was on f- in fucking Disney MGM studio. By the Come way, on there's now. like a really shitty, like, Buick in that that I always, that really just bothered me a lot for some reason. They should have kept it in the garage, yeah. as Big Joe Henry yeah. would say. <laughs> Put the Buick back in the garage. Yeah. Dave Sullivan's terrible. He's really poor. Can we? we no. Can, we could talk about more people. Yeah, no, of course we can. Who else you got? Um, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave Sullivan. Ludwig Borga? Well, Ludwig is, is shit, but you know, I can't. <laughs> His promos are good. I can't say <laughs> they are. that Ludwig is worse than Dave or even Yete or anything like that. Ludwig, I don't even think is worse than Nails. I think I'd rather watch Ludwig Borga than Nails. Thoughts? You know what my problem with Ludwig is? Is his look makes him look like he's like MMA man, but yeah. he's not. No, he's not. He's, and nobody even knows what that is he, in 1994. He just kind of punches people and yeah. sucks at wrestling. But he was the first ever environmentalist gimmick. Yes, that's true. I'm Marcus Crumbling. He's got that. He does have that. He's about, better than nails. What I about think. any of those shitty hearts? The one, like the fireman um, or whatever, or like the or Bruce. I know you hate Bruce. <laughs> you know i'm bruce hart I'm, I'm i should be i should be in the world wrestling federation with jerry lawler yeah. i should be in that feud instead of my brother own yeah bruce I gotta, sucks uh, yeah i have to honorably mention them even if they don't make it yeah dishonorably mentioned bruce hart is a piece of crap we've gone on over and oh, over God, again yeah. about how like that especially bruce is like the he's worst shitty. fucking shit ever he's bad but he at least in the ring he's Better than anyone we've mentioned. He is. That's sad. That's, yeah, it's sad. Uh, yeah. It's sad. But overall, I think Nails or Ron Reese or Dave Sullivan should be next. I, they're all horrible. Oh, What about Eric Watts? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always brings Ooh. him up. Okay, Eric Watts. Now, Techno of, Team 2000. Let's explain I know him. him. I know yeah. him from there. He's, I don't know him from his even worse era, which... WCW. Yeah, that people always mention. Well, because he's Bill Watts' son. Right. Who cares? So probably the only person that liked him was JR. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good. He was good in school. Bill Watts is the greatest wrestler <laughs> of all time. What the... Best guy ever. Him and Danny Hodge are the greatest <laughs> people ever Damn it, put Dan- on a pair, pair of boots. Danny Hodge didn't make Rushmore. Shit. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, Eric Watts was notable for having a very poor drop kick this one time. Uh, and is for, that what it is? I need to see that someday. Yeah, he invented the Eric Watts scale of bad drop kicks. Oh, okay. However, 
I think it was more... I'm not familiar enough with him other than the shitty techno team. I think it was more the perception that he was undeserving because he was Bill Watts' son. he's like the perfect example of nepotism. And I know we were having a whole discussion about nepotism on the uh, boards. Oh, yeah. And you can go on and on about that. Horace Hogan. I mean, there's tons of people. There's tons of people. But I think Eric Watts is the worst example of nepotism Worse than Greg Gagne, you think? At least Greg had skill and yeah, ability. Yeah, he had some but, talent, And he right? even had, like, a mind for the business, even True. more so than his dad. Right, like, True. I can't. Well, I'm like, about more than Vern. Honestly, I always thought it was a shame that Greg Gagne never got like a run because I thought he was he was okay. Like I never had a problem with him personally. Right, like okay. I, I would see him in the ring, like yeah, he's good. He seems like you know he looks like a guy in the AWA who would be a champion. They were a popular team, him and yeah. Jim Brunzel. Yeah, I never got the like er, the you know Greg Gagne. Got Greg Gagne hate. Okay, uh, so. Eric Watts though not good, no. very bad. What about? Kamala? No. Okay. Kamala, I, thought, I thought you were going to go the Kamala route. The guy that played the white Kamala. I'm talking about Stan Frazier, Uncle Elmer. Oh, Uncle Elmer. Yes, he's terrible. another one I was going to think of. Yeah, he's a I, terrible I did, wrestler. Before we were doing the show, he was another one I was thinking of. Because he's another one that's just nothing. There's nothing good about him. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Can't work. Well, other than the wedding. Is that good? No, but it, <laughs> it's funny. Why? Because Jesse Ventura is like, they look like two pieces of carp fighting for the last piece of corn in the There's Mississippi. many reasons why. I mean, that whole, like, remember they filmed it for Coliseum Video, the whole extra part of it? Yes. Oh, God, so Quinn, bad. it's so stupid. Uncle Elmer is horrible. Yeah. He might be one of the worst, actually. He might be. Nails. Nails. Like, even these guys that we always make fun of, like yeah. like Ronnie Garvin, he's not like an old time. Ronnie worse, Garvin no. isn't that bad. I know That's you hate trash and. I know that. you hate Jeff Jarrett, but he's no, nowhere near on this list. I can't. Like, Jarrett's talented. Unfortunately. He is. He, unfor- We're not going to be unfair Unfortunately, here. he has some talent. He does. He's, I don't it's like not fair. him. I know, no, I know you don't like him. You don't have to like him, but we're talking the worst uh, wrestlers. Ryan Nobbs. We, even even we, Nobbs is talented. Really, Nobbsy baby? Yes. Because mm. charisma, a promo, like, he can brawl. Like we're really talking about the absolute shits here when we talk worst wrestlers. Well, I, we've hit a hit a lot of them. What about Hornswoggle, the last cruiserweight champion? I think even Horn- the rebirth of it or whatever. I think even Horny is like at least like he was what? something different. Oh my god, really? It's not good, but Nails, Ron Reese, Dave Sullivan, like have you, know you who seen sucks? Who? Little Beaver? <laughs> yeah, Fuck him. He's a like, ninja wrestler. It's not fair. Him he, and Hornswoggle. Yeah, but they act like he's some legend or oh, something. Come on. He's terrible. I know. He never was good. Listen, you can do Mitchell wrestling good. I'm saying he's What's your bad at little it. Beaver. He was shitty. Why do you have such a grudge against Even him? Even Haiti Kid, who had a chip on his shoulder, you know, he <laughs> he was better. Oh, Quinn, uh, don't don't sell them short. That's just not fair. I'm just saying. What about Jewel Strongbow? Oh, my God. <laughs> he sucks. He's really bad. He might be one of the definitions of, like, just a nothing wrestler. He's you know terrible. He's a bad wrestler, Jesse the Bifant. Yeah, but he's got the charisma yeah, and the promo. Yeah. Uh, I thought of him, but yeah. that saves him. Tony Atlas. Ooh. Yeah. Great look, though. Great look, but... <laughs> that's about that's it. That's about it. Yeah. Anybody can have a great look. That's true. Atlas was really yeah. bad. Ted Arcidi. Oh boy, he was shit. That yeah. was a shit fest. Yeah, Ted RC. You've always you actually really hate Ted RCD more than I do. But but I liked his promos. His promos are funny. You like Ted RCD's promos. You know his worst is the guy from WCW, Bill Kazmaier. But unfortunately, I don't know enough about him. Oh, but I know yeah. that he's bad. Yeah. What about Max Muscle? He was really bad too. He's pretty crappy. Max Muscle's terrible. There's a lot of weird like I I consider them like WCW prime sort of characters. They're all power plant people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Glacier. He like, sucks. 
yeah, I don't understand. So I was watching this thing, mm-hmm. like this Cody Rhodes, like won the NWA title thing. And Glacier's for some there, reason, right? Glacier yeah. is there like he was some great champion. Or I don't something. know why. <laughs> Did he even, even win a belt ever? No. Yeah. He, he sucks. What? He's horrible. He's probably a great guy, but he sucks. Of course. I never had said the man Glacier was yeah, bad. He sucks. The man they call Glacier. The man they call Glacier. <laughs> yeah. I never said he was bad. I said he, I he's a bad wrestler. You remember uh, fucking Heidenreich? Pretty bad. Ooh, I think you can put him on the list. On the, like, on the table. potential. On the table. The table's getting big. Heidenreich was another one that just only had a look, and he wasn't even that good of a look. Yeah. He had a look. That's all he had going for him. He yeah. Was, he was shitty. Yep. I think Nails should be number three, Quinn, or, wow. or Ron Reese, maybe, or Dave Sullivan. I think I'll, those are the worst. I think of the- um, Dave Sullivan. He's terrible. He's <laughs> re- like, I'm not exaggerating. I, I, I hate to do it because I, I love you, Evad, but. Yeah, I want to see the King Lion. He's funny. That's, no, he he's not. What? You, you don't get a kick out of how silly he is at no. all. Really? He's awful. That's upsetting. He's really one of the worst things I've ever seen, ever. He's so weird. He's horrible. <laughs> horrible is the word you're looking for. <laughs> intolerable insufferable he stinks he's a creep <laughs> and you don't like him he's a geek and i don't like him can we put him on fine for number three dave sullivan die 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 let me run down who we've discussed so far here because this is a coveted number four spot okay you know this is this is a big deal uh nails <laughs> yeah ron reese in uh-huh. any incarnation yeah ludovic borga Bruce Hart. <laughs> <laughs> i like that bruce Hart. <laughs> i don't think he should be and on not there. even the fireman Keith is fine. You, what's your why? Because he, he stunk. I just like him more. <laughs> I want to eliminate Bruce. Okay. Eric Watts, who yeah, Eric I Watts eliminate has him potential. Too. No, I think okay. he has potential for worse. But what about Uncle Elmer? Uncle Elmer's definitely in the conversation. Jules, yes. Jules Strombo, folks. If you if you're a patron, and you've been seeing our 1982 stuff. It's absolutely horrible. He's horrible. Chief is better. Listen, he makes Chief look like <laughs> the greatest technician right. of all time, like an all star. Yeah. Uh, Ted R.C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Max Muscle. Oh, Heidenreich. Ugh. I mean, I'm sure there's more. I can't think of everybody off the there's, top of my there's head. There's weird but... things like, remember the zombie? Like, Yeah, there's also the Boogeyman was terrible. Yeah, but you know what? Boogie has, fun, right? has a lot of charisma. I know. Listen. It's the only thing he I gotta has. I got to hand it to Boogeyman. Don't hand it to him. He's kept that gimmick going yeah. to the point where, like, for whatever reason, they let him show up once a year. They do. Be the boogeyman. They do. And, like, everyone's happy about They're it. They're like, okay He with gets it. a pop I know. when he comes out. People are like, fuck yeah, boogeyman. <laughs> like, like I, I, I know. That guy made something that, like, has no right. Like, it should have should have lasted past the week they brought I know. it out. Like, and he, it's still going. I know. What about Blue Meanie? Is he any good? I don't mind him. I, I don't All even right. think he's that bad in the ring, to be honest with you. Bastion Booger? Um, He's horrible. Yeah, he had a good run, though, earlier. Yeah. Norman the Lunatic. Yeah, that's the only reason. And his stampede run yeah. was okay. I, I'm really thinking, and we're not trying to make this short. It's just not that hard to think of bad yeah. wrestlers. All right, let's let's do some face-offs here. Okay. Nails versus Ludwig Borga. Who's... who? Who's Nails. Worse? Yeah. Okay. Ludwig I think so, too. a little acceptable. He has memorable, like, <laughs> crumbling. <laughs> America's crumbling. And a better look than Nails. Wait, you know who we didn't add on who? here? Uh, Tatanka, because he's horrible. Yeah, but at least Tatanga could wrestle competently. I'm not Listen, saying anything good. Anything that's happened through these hundred episodes, Joe, yeah. is that <laughs> we have revealed that Tatanka is one of the worst. Like, without question. He is one of the worst, but we're, he's competent. 
He has a level of competence that even like Nails and Reese and I'm throwing a controversial one. Who? Yokozuna is a horrible wrestler. No, he's not. He's fine. He's really bad. No, he's not. He's good. I for what? For his size, you should watch some of his stuff from 93 and 4. Mm-hmm. He can move for a big man back then. But 95 is not good. But no, Yoko, Yoko's not making this list. They need a forklift to right. take him no, out of them. Don't be nice. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think Nails so far. All right, so Borg is off. Ron Reese or Uncle Elmer, who's worse? Oh, that's hard, but I think I, El- I gotta say Uncle Elmer's worse. Elmer's worse. Okay, yeah. so let's get Reese out of there. This is the way we have to do this, folks, because we gotta make some eliminations. Heidenreich Ugh. or Eric Watts? Hmm. Watts looks like nothing. Heidenreich looks like at least a wrestler. I'll, I'll say Eric Watts is worse. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Because it, it's just why? Like, oh. the guy had no business in the in the wrestling industry. At least Heidenreich, like, Again, yeah. he looks like a wrestler. Okay. Jules Strongbow or uh, Max Muscle? <laughs> I think Muscle's worse. Oh, you I, think so? I, he couldn't wrestle for shit, Quinn. But did he wrestle enough to justify this? Um, He didn't really wrestle. Yeah, Jules wrestled more. I'll take Max off. Okay. We got our CD still on there, too. I really think I'm going to run down who's on the table right now. Nails, Elmer, Jules, mm-hmm. our CD, and Heidenreich. Elmer's the worst. Say say it one more time. Nails, boss man, Uncle Elmer, mm-hmm. Jewel Strongbow, Ted Arcidi. <laughs> he's bad too. Yeah, and Heidenreich. <laughs> I think Uncle Elmer is the worst. Yeah, Uncle Elmer. Let's do it. Die, die, die. <laughs> okay. Paulo Silva, Giant Gonzalez, Dave Sullivan, <laughs> and oh Uncle my Elmer. God. That is just a horrible Survivor Series team waiting yeah. to happen. That's our Death Valley of wrestlers. Uh, we want to thank you guys for. All of these Mount Rushmore and Death Valleys for your interaction. We want to hear yours. And remember, you will still be able to get, if you want to, every two weeks, Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. Next week, uh, Quinn and I are going to be reviewing something. We're going to talk about that in a second. Right. Quinn, before we wrap up here, I want to play some more clips, maybe from the fans and maybe a, a few more show clips. Just to uh, send it out for part one here. Yep. Uh, next week, folks, let's let's say An this now. Unprecedented move. Yes. Next week is OVP 100 part two Yeah, on, on October 1st. And the reason we're doing that is because we're reviewing something. And what we're reviewing, Quinn, will just say it together. Wrestling, wrestling with, with shadows. shadows. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, you're in for a treat. This is the Bret Hart documentary from 96-97. So get your Bret Hart oh, impressions God. ready. There's tons of stew. All the Hart family. It'll be yeah. a great time. Julie, Beans, Blade, yeah. Dallas. Yeah, all, so, all the ones I can't name their names. Yeah. So next Skyler week. Skyler Hart. <laughs> Skyler. Next week, stay tuned for that. It's OVP 100 Part 2. You'll get to see a full review of Wrestling with Shadows. We'll have more clips for you. But I figure let's play a few more here. Let's check in with our good friend uh, who's staying safe in Hurricane Florence. Let's hear from Mick Price. Howdy ho, Joe and Quinn. This <laughs> is Mick. Y'all know I hate hearing my own voice. <laughs> But since Joe's been challenged me for about the last six or seven episodes, yep. here you go. Here's a toast to 100 episodes. I first came upon y'all around episode 20 when I saw you posting on Scott Keith's website. There you go. Ever since then, it's been a weekly routine that I would listen to you all. Um, also been on the Facebook group ever since then and have loved all the camaraderie and all the entertaining stuff that has gone on, whether it's been us talking about Doink, 
the UWF, uh, Paul Orndorff and his short arm clothesline, <laughs> Terry Von Eric and his uh, inability to take that next step. <laughs> it's just been a little bit of everything. And I'm glad that you've been able to have that bridge between old and new fans with your entertaining and informative abilities. Uh, it has been an absolute blast, and I hope that you all can continue for the next 100 episodes. You have got a huge, huge fan base behind you, and we will be back behind you for the next 100 episodes as long as you all want to maintain it. Uh, I appreciate being able to be brought into it, and I wish you all the best of luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Thank you, Mick. Thanks, Mick, and uh, good luck. Yeah. If you're still, Glad still you stuck safe. in there. Yep. Uh, yeah, stuck in that hurricane. Nice to hear yeah. you know, some some kind words there about the Facebook group, and yep. we're, we're glad we're able to to just bring that to people's lives. Yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been a great experience. It really have, uh, has. So let's play a few more clips here, and then we're going to send it on home for part one. We don't want to make you listen to a four-hour you know, show yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, so we got to... We, we want to keep it manageable yeah, yep. for you. But, Quinn, this is one of my personal favorites from a, a review of USWA. Speaking of Ooh. Justin Hand, okay, this is where I just I lost my shit, and I think eventually you did as well. We're talking about a car commercial. Oh, this, yes. Uh, a junkyard commercial, actually. This is from episode 21, folks. Then we get leave auto parts. Yeah, yeah. leave me alone. But it's good. <laughs> it's good for when you need a, your bucket seat for your 1980 Capri. Could, could this be any more Memphis right now? Yeah. Ah, do you have a bucket seat <laughs> for my say, 1980 this Capri? Is, this is the one right where the I'm guy sorry. at the end talks. Like, there's like every stereotype in the world of the people working in the place and yeah. then like at the very end it's like the most southern fucking shit ever what? but like i'm saying like i don't like stereotypes i don't either so like it kind of annoys me like when I it's know. so highlighted I'm like <laughs> like and i'm sure it was like unintentional but it's just like I don't know. It, I feel bad almost. Like, I feel I, guilty. I'm just laughing because why do you need a new seat in your car? Like, what did you do in there that you need a new seat? Well, I mean, if the sofa... How? How? If in the 90s the sofas had pee stains in them, what if you pee stained your seat? But how do you ruin a whole seat of a car? What know. do you do? Your kid drops ice cream on it or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it is weird, right? It's like, why would you need an MC? <laughs> is, is it like with somebody like playing with the lever thing? Well, there you go. That was a fun one. I yeah. just always remember that. It's just one that stuck out to me. Like, why do you need a whole new yeah. seat? It is weird. I, I still don't know why I need a new seat. <laughs> Quinn, in episode 30, we reviewed The Secrets of Wrestling. Oh, yes. This was a favorite. Very informative. You know, right. we learned so many things we didn't know, such as this gem right here. So here's a big secret, Quinn. Yeah, brawling. It's fighting on the outside. <laughs> this I I just didn't even understand what this explanation <laughs> was. It's like they're like the fans like it. <laughs> yeah, that's the secret. Like they don't they say nothing <laughs> they else. They're, they're just like, like <laughs> we get heat by brawling on the outside. Good. Yeah, I noticed that. You know how I noticed? Because I like it when they do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, not a secret. That's not a secret at all. <laughs> and there was also this gem from episode 30's review. Fabulous fake time, the flying body block. Here's the secret: they try not to hurt each other, and, they, and he catches <laughs> you. Them. Catch them. <laughs> That's basically this whole show, folks. Secrets of wrestling. Oh was my god! 
one of the most uninformative shows I've ever seen. So offensive yeah. to like a wrestling. They remember they like look down on wrestling fans. Yeah. So like the fans think it's real. It's basically like, hey, they're all dumb. Yeah, like that's like what that show was saying. It is. They're all dumb. Yeah. Uh, here's one for you, real quick. Just a little gem from thirty two. <laughs> Ludwig Borga. That's right. America is crumbling, Lex Luger. <laughs> This building is crumbling like America is crumbling. And I basically, I feel like you and me just say America's crumbling over, over and over again. Like the whole match. <laughs> the, whole sh- the whole rest of the show. America's crumbling. America's crumbling. America is crumbling. <laughs> Lex Lugar. <laughs> if, you, if you never heard that one before, we referenced it before. This impression of Ludwig Borger that we have is from that SummerSlam 93 promo where he just constantly talks, this pollution, look yeah. at this building. This, he, he's, he's out of hand. He's very yeah. upset. Yeah. One more show One more clip. for the row. Ro- road? One more for the row. One, one more, more show clip. One more fan clip and we'll say goodbye here. So this one I had to get in. Richard Land, a friend of the show obviously, Richard su- Land. suggested that I throw something in from this review. This is from episode number 34 when we reviewed WBF Body Stars. Oh! <laughs> cameo this is the definition of not knowing what you're doing it's It's worse than the xfl it's worse this isn't even a thing this is nothing that anybody ever wanted what the fuck well that's a classic quinn rant that is true that's a classic cameo Remember Cameo? Yes, I remember Cameo. Cameo. Two more things, Squid. I'm going to just say thank you to all of our patrons. We never shout them all out by name, but I figure that's a nice thing to do. Okay. So I want to say thank you to everyone that has donated to our Patreon, whether past or present. Here's the list here. Andrew LaSalle, Bill Yankovi, Brian Burke, if you're still out there, buddy, Brian Slater, Charles Messing, that's Chuck Mess, Christian Cintron, David Footit, David Van Antwerp, Derek Harvey. I mean Hardy. No. Derek Harvey. <laughs> what are you? What are you like Adamley over here? <laughs> Donnie Rizzo. Hi, Donnie. Who's been on the show. Yeah. Eric J. Healy. Filippo Festuccia, of course. Our, the our the inter- silent benefactor. He, yep. I, I'm sure he bailed DDP out also. <laughs> He'll be on the show soon, actually. Yeah. Next season, we, yeah. we're going to have him Definitely. on. Gabe LeBlanc. Gabrielle Rolon. Gary Fay. Howard Bell. Jake Georgeson. James Mander. Jason Tick. Jimmy Borden, John DeMato, Joe McBride, Joe Merkel, Justin Brookover, Keith Langston, Kyle Armstrong, Luke Gogwin, Matthew Periolat, I don't know how to say that, Mike Crockett, thanks Crocky, yeah. Neil Woodleaf, Pat Ray, Peter Winson, Quentin Lang, Richard Land, Rory McNamara, Ruben Vasquez Jr., Ryan Yang, Scott Keith, Stephanie Brookbank, Tony Chirichetti, and Zachary Prochera. Thank you guys for your patronage. Just wanted to shout you out. We never do that regularly, but yeah. I just figured that was a nice thing to do. And if you sent a clip this week, and we, I haven't, just, we haven't played it yet. That, that part two is still yeah, coming. We're still so, playing more yeah, clips. There's, there's going to be more clips next yeah, week. So, so don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't you worry don't about get, it. Don't get worried. We got it. Yep. We got your clip. We just we yeah, haven't played it yet. It's, as you can tell, probably this is a very long episode. This is a so. long episode, and we want to make sure that we don't blow our loads. So yeah, to speak yeah. here. Uh, I guess some other thank yous, though, Quinn, before we say goodbye to thank some people. JT Rosero and the Place to Be Nation. Yes, uh, they, they definitely supported us in the early days. They really did. We were able to get on Place to Be. We were on them from a January until October of 17. Mm-hmm. We left on good terms just to, to stay within our own independent realm yeah, here. But the, the fake feud. Yeah, no, there's People never thought there was a few never been, never existed, never been bad blood between us and place to be. We thank yep. you, JT, especially thank you for very much getting us on there. Scott Keith for yep. all the help that he's given us over the years now. Yep. Peter Winson yep. from yep. greetings from Allentown for always little, shouting little us Petey. out. 
Little Petey, Crockett and Malonis from the Wrestling Podcast about nothing for their support. Constant, yep. constant support from yep. those guys. Definitely. Always uh, putting in a good word for us, shouting us out on their program. Filippo Festuccia, yeah. just for being a great guest when we have him on. For, he, was, he was wonderful. We'll have him on again. Yep. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Richard Land. Yes. Our cheerleader, or the informal third member of OVP yeah. for his behind-the-scenes work. All seriousness, yeah. Richard is, the support he gives us is he, unbelievable. He he does some stuff for us so we don't have to do it, such as making trailers and things like yeah. that. That's his own volition. We don't pay him. He's not yeah. on the bankroll, just so you guys know yeah. out there. But Richard really helps us out. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much. Everyone that contributes on the group and makes my day more fun, you know, yeah. David Van Antwerp, all you guys, yeah, all Travis Foltz. Wonderful. Wonder- Steve Bennett. Wonderful work. Tom Bryant, yeah. all you guys, everyone that retweets the, the is, is this about doink that yep. we do, that just that little running mm-hmm. gag. Thank you to, if he still listens or not, I know his producer does, Sean Mooney, for being on our show before Mooney was back in the podcast Yeah, world. I, Mooney, you know, was our first actual something yeah, that we had. He was. Uh, Mooney was, before his podcast, he was on here. We had an interview that we did with him. Uh, maybe we'll get some clips of that next week, but... Yeah. It was great to talk to him. Yeah. It was really exciting to talk to him. We were we were like kids in a candy store. We really yeah. were. And uh, if you haven't listened to the Sean Mooney interview, it's available. And thank you most of all, Quinn, to you for doing yeah. the show with me. Oh, thank you. Couldn't thank do you. it without thank you. Thank you to you. We need yeah. each other here, yeah. I think, to be able to yeah. do this. And it's always a pleasure talking with you and laughing together and having fun it, here. It's a pleasure every week. It really is. Yes. And Fans, we'll be back. This isn't the end of 100. There's next week, there's more. So we'll say more things and play more clips and have a lot more fun. So until next week for episode number 100, part two, thank you so much for whenever you started listening, wherever you listen from and whoever you are. Thank you for listening. It truly is humbling. It is an honor to have people that look forward to this show. And we really mean that. Thank you for listening we really appreciate your support yep thank you so much it's been it's been quite a ride it really has been and the ride continues because next week we're back with ovp 100 part two it's wrestling with shadows more of your clips more clips from the past until that time i am joe Morata. that is michael quinn we'll see you next week see ya That's the wrong song. Well, that was not in a nutshell. (laughs) Help, I'm in a nutshell. (laughs) This is perfect because the blooper reel now can start from the very... We're starting early (laughs) on this blooper reel. Quinn, you started with one of the best. Go. Johnny, be bad. Hang on one second. I'll fix it. One more to finish the job there. Uh, You know, you got a mustache. You got to take care of that. So, I guess so, Quinn. Mustache. Yeah, mustache. Big fat, <laughs> big fat assholes. I don't know. All right, let me redo do that. that. Do that one more time. <laughs> big fat guys. What was I saying again? Big men. It's big, just big men. men. Big right. men. Sorry. Big men. Big fat guys and big tall guys. Right. Yeah, it's big and tall. Big and tall. So. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do that over. Oh, good lord. <laughs> we are fucked. It's so good. Uh, that is such a what a pick for a like, sound effect. <laughs> it's so amazing. <sighs> I need to hear it one more time. Okay, you gonna get through this? Big man. <laughs>
What? I, I did it that time. I was drinking. I'm sorry. It's you not said Big Man. It's not I, your fault. I was drinking. I fucked up. You want to hear the sound again? You're just going to say yes. We need to do the sound. And it is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of fucker. <laughs> the volume down. It's hosted by two guys that have worked in the business. One of them is an extended hiatus referee. I got to redo that because sometimes there's things that hit the cutting through. But it's a great time because sometimes the, that will be in the the, the irony, of yeah. course, is that this is going to hit the cutting room floor. Ha ha! Ha ha!